Hi, this is David Strimmy, driver of the Atrius Holmes number 64 car for Rusty Wallace. And you're listening to Real Racing USA with Bill Green, Jack Smith, and Rick Angies. Oh, man, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. I just got to thank Dennis Reno for coming down and helping us. Uh, Jim, everybody that helped us out this weekend. Uh, we're a little shy on help, but uh, we got it done. And it's my first, my second win other than last night. And, uh, man, finally got the monkey off the back. I just got to thank uh, Extreme Suspension Technology, CNC Lower Service, Port City, Progressive, everybody that's helped me. Thank you all a lot. Check. Inside Florida Racing. I didn't know that it was the beginning. You know, I'm listening to all this cool stuff that's going on. And <laughs> Welcome to uh, the show, you know. Inside, Inside Florida, Florida Racing. Florida Racing. Hey. Yeah, see, there you go. I'm Rob Elting. Uh, Carol Wicks is in the house. CC Brooks. Good evening, everyone. A ghost. A ghost. We have a ghost. A ghost. A ghost. There's a ghost uh, up in the Is that you or him? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you know, the, the big news for me, anyways, we're sitting here talking about uh, all the stuff that's been going on in racing and... Uh, um, you know, Kyle Busch wasn't very nice to care. Hold on. We have guests that you need to hold introduce. On, hold on one second. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the second. guests. Don't, don't worry. What, what are you it's doing over a, there saying hold ghost. on? It's just a ghost. I'm going to let you talk. Um, she went yes. to the race. They went to Lakeland. That's what I hear. Carol Brooks. I mean, Carol, Carol, Carol Wicks Jeez, just, just um, uh, Bush, Bush totally blew her off when she really? wanted her uh, grandson there or her friend to be able to... Uh, talk well tell me about it that's well then t- tell I'm ready us. to hear we, we, we tell me to what know, happened Carol, with, tell us what kyle happened bush. with kyle bush okay he, first of all he did not blow me off who don't she'll know who don't i was she there she's just making it up because he didn't give her an autograph so she's bad at him <laughs> i don't blame <laughs> her though no actually are we spreading vicious rumors yes we are spreading vicious rumors. You're not spreading rumors. You're, the facts just aren't correct. All right, Wicks, okay, what happened? Let's, let's get the facts. Kurt was sitting there with a screwdriver putting a screw in, and I, I Kurt said, or Kyle? I mean, Kyle. I'm sorry. I like Kurt. Kyle. Uh, <laughs> and I said, is this a bit... What is going on here? Just go with your story, You're not supposed Carol. to come here drunk. Did, I'm not <laughs> just the one kidding. operating the equipment. I know. Oh, did you shut me off? Anyway, he was sitting there on the ground, and I said, hey, Kurt, how's it going? He said, good. And I said, is this a bad time to ask for an autograph? He said, no, wait a second, and I'll get to you, because he saw little Bobby next to me. Well, we waited and waited and waited. And actually, I didn't ask him for it. Somebody I was with asked him for it. So we waited about 20 minutes, and I thought, well, he's still busy. Let's go, and we'll come back and see if he's available later. The things that I was upset about were the things that he did to other people. After he did that. Yeah, what happened? Chaplain Bill goes to every racetrack. He goes to every single driver. He even comes to Real Racing USA. He was here in the house. Yes, he was. One of the finest gentlemen in racing you will ever know. Very nice guy, yep. He goes around to every driver and and prays with them, and 99% of them really want him to do that. He went to Kurt, and he said, uh, Kyle. Kyle, I'm sorry. I like Kurt. He, um... (laughs) He asked him if he could play with uh, pray. Look what no, you've done you to me. play with Let, him. Chapel leave me alone. Anyway, he asked if he could pray with, pray with him. And um, Kurt said, I'm busy right now. And he, he said, well, could I give you one of my prayers to put in your car? And Kurt just took it, and he looked quick, and he threw it down on the ground. And one of his crew members picked it up, looked at it, and threw it in the trash. 
So that's why I don't like the guy. Well, you know. Well, you, what? It could be their religion. Now, my religion, I'm Baptist. You know me. I've got the thing that he gives out sitting in my car, you know, the prayer. So I'm, I'm all for that. But I guess... Uh, that's not Maybe the he's point. atheist. It doesn't matter. You still <laughs> respect people. He could have said thank you and took it and waited till he left or something, but it was just really just disrespectful. Play, just to play devil's advocate You're here. Devil. I'm the devil. Um, he might just been having an exceptionally bad day and and forgot his manners. There was I mean, no excuse happens. for him not to sign autographs when he came to this he, small racetrack compared to what he's used to racetrack at racing at. He should have signed well, autographs I can, for I can all tell these you people. What, for, he did not come out to the autograph wait, session. Wait oh. a minute. Wait a minute. That's not true at all. Sure, he should have He stood him. in line, and there was a line. He, of course, he was parked up near the front because he was starting up front. He stood in line, and there was, at most of the time, there was 50 people in a line, single file, and another 50 to 100 people clustered around the car, and I, the whole time I've ever been to the USA for them things, I've never seen that many people around anybody's car. And he was there signing autographs. As a matter so of fact, he, he was in. He must oh, he have signed, left okay. signed a bunch there. of them. Well, yeah. well, he he had what? these three girls is in miniskirts there. Is he working on his own car? At what he did was yes. on Friday night, I mean on Friday, he, after qualifying, he qualified like eighth, I believe. I believe. And uh, then they decided to change motors, and I don't, I didn't get exactly why I didn't get to, to that, but they had to change, they changed motors. And so he was, and there's plenty of pictures, it was actually kind of cool to see, because he was there working on his car, he was in there wrenching, just, you wouldn't, if you hadn't known who he was, you wouldn't have known him from any one of the mechanics. He was in there just dirty as them, wrenching on the car, and there was a lot of people aren't. There's a lot of people at these races who aren't all that cool about it, That's and they right. go up and they ask these guys. I mean, we're media. I would never. I don't go ask these guys anything when they're working on their car. I don't care who it is. You just leave them alone, man. They're preparing for a race, and that was probably a lot of what that was. Well, what about the uh, chaplain? What, what's well, your answer a, to if, that one? Well, I don't have an answer. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what. That's inexcusable if that's what happened. I've had similar experiences with country music stars where sometimes they're just having a bad day, and they don't want to deal with fans. They don't want to sign autographs. They have other things on their mind. And then I might go and see them again, you know, again, you know, a few months later or another year later, and they're signing autographs and they're spending a lot of time with your fans. So, I know. I totally agree with that because people feel the same way about Tony Stewart. You can't and be on all a lot the time. of times. He's just in the middle of nasty to a minister. Yeah, well, ever. I, I'm I'm with any you there. kind. I don't care whether it's Catholic, Jewish, whatever. You have to show a, a certain amount of respect, and he did not. Okay, so, that so was now, my major now we beef. know what happened, Rob. Well, she ranted about it. I know I don't read a whole people. lot, but I, I, I read that and I, you know. In terms of the whole deal, that was nothing compared to the, uh, it, was a, it was a very good weekend other than the fact that it was rained out on Saturday mm-hmm. and people had to go back on Sunday. Yeah, but, but we're talking about that later. Now, let's get to our guest. Yeah, <laughs> the ghost in the corner? Yeah, the ghost. The ghost. Leroy and Connie Davidson are in the studio with us. Right. You know, uh, hey. That's been uh, a year, I guess, since anybody's heard from... It's been about a year, I guess, since anybody's heard from Leroy. That's not true. Well, I used to see him down at the restaurant. And that's when's like the last time you've been on the radio show? Uh, a year ago. Mike, Carol? It's about a year ago. He's, he needs a microphone. 
Yeah, yeah there. Ago. Yeah. It's about a year ago. You're up probably. at Snook River Grill. Actually, it's been more than a year because I haven't been on since we sold the racetrack. So yeah, okay. December 22nd, I believe, yeah. is when we sold that. Yeah. I think November was when we were up there. Yeah. So what's been happening? I started the hot dog stand business, and they threw me out of there. I missed that. You had I the tried best hot dog five or six different fries things, and, and I just, like the racetrack, I just failed. So now I'm oh, building sh- homes. Build it. <laughs> Talk about yeah, that's what that's what we do, and uh, that's almost failing these days too. Yeah. <laughs> you know the housing market. You know the housing market's actually, I think, going to turn around because the houses are so cheap and the mortgage rates are so low. Uh, people are going to start buying and going to start remodeling, and uh, so for for us, they'll be remodeling bathrooms and kitchens. For Carol, they'll be putting roofs on, and for you, uh, you still doing garage doors and anything. Well, it's not garage doors. We built detached garages. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the only thing I don't do on the garage is put the door on, actually. Right. I have hire somebody else to do that. But No, we've just been sitting back watching. I went to uh, Clewiston a few times. We helped score up there on a couple of races. Uh, done a little bit of advisory work at a couple of places, sometimes just on the phone. And kind of missed that part of it is I sit back and watch and see what's going on from the outside in, and I see a lot of stuff that they're doing nowadays that they – should turn around and go the other way. <laughs> well, you know, now you're on the other side. Now you're on the side that, you know, you're not the, the track owner or the promoter anymore, so now uh, you get to see how goofy these owners are. Well, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's like, uh, you know, they'd say that, you know, like everybody that owns a racetrack is a son of a bitch because they say, you know what that son of a bitch done this week? <laughs> well, now they're saying it to other people. Am I allowed to say them words? Yeah, on say whatever you want. It's internet radio. That was one of the nicer things that they say. Yeah. <laughs> You're internet fine. Internet radio, you can say whatever you want. You're but, fine. But looking, at, it's, uh, looking back on it is that's what they're saying about other people. I'm sitting back thinking, you know, some of that is true from the outside looking in. But when you're in there and you do the stuff that people says, if he would just do this, I guarantee him, he would have a packed house. He would sell food. He would do all this. Most of that stuff we tried and it didn't work. But my biggest thing right now is when I opened up the racetrack in 1990, everybody was getting $8 to get in the grandstands, and I started at $10. So everybody said that was the stupidest thing to do because we'll never get it, but we packed the place. I charged 15 to get in the pits. Everybody else was getting 12 and we packed the pits. We'd get 200 cars. My point is, is at the time, the economy and the racing was a completely different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Now I hear some racetracks, or a racetrack in particular, is going to $30 to get in the pits. We already don't have no people at most of the racetracks anyway. And what are we doing? What's racetrack promoters, managers, or whatever, what are they doing? They're going to close the doors on more racetracks. I would do completely the opposite I did back in 1990. I would drop, you know, these guys are going to have to grow some balls. Uh, if they're not going to, they need to get their general managers to get in there and step up because there isn't nobody going to the racetrack anyway. And if they're charging, in some cases, $20, $25 to get in for a late model or a sprint car race and they're not getting anybody and they're paying out a thirty, twenty, $30,000 purse and losing money, why not go the other way? Not Why not go? What I would do if I had any speedway, I would drop the uh, pit gate down to 15, let the driver in for free. Everything people's told me over the year to do that I wouldn't do, yeah. now I would do it. 
Okay. Not because I'm not there. It's because the way the economy is. I would I would put eight dollars on the front gate mm-hmm. because what makes a difference if if you get rid of all the late models and the sprint cars and the traveling series is that took all the cars anyway, and you took them away and you ended up paying Road Warriors. Say you paid Road Warriors seven hundred to win, thousand to win, whatever. You pick out your own thing. In six months, you're going to have twenty or thirty or forty of them cars. Same thing with some of the other classes. Pick three classes, pay a total purse of two or three thousand instead of fifteen to twenty thousand. Let the people in cheap and pack the place and sell some food. Your purse is so small, you're going to make more money mm-hmm. because you're not spending thirty thousand a week out. So, go ahead, Cece. I'm sorry. Well, I just a couple of points. One, um, it was been it's been my understanding from recent discussions we've had about insurance. For drivers, that some tracks are going to up the the pit costs um, to cover the insurance for the drivers, the, the increased insurance that um, was going to be mandated. And um, what I found interesting online in um, on the forums, Jack, the survey of uh, ticket prices and what people uh, thought it should be, they should be. It seemed like the majority of people felt twelve dollars was a fair price for a ticket to go see racing. How much? How on much? What? How much of the ticket in the pits goes to the insurance company? Tell everybody you are a track owner. You pay. I don't it. know how much of the insurance of the pits goes into paying it, but I know that the insurance is less than a thousand dollars a week for a regular racing. If you have open wheel modified, it's roughly two hundred more. When I first opened, it was six hundred dollars. It's up to a thousand. I would say if they increase the insurance at all, and I'm guessing, but I know some insurance company. And since I've been getting some phone calls the last few weeks, I intend to call to find out because I would say at the most the insurance went up 150 to 200 dollars. So and if it was if it was 1500 dollars a race for your insurance, then which I guarantee it's not. So if you got 1500 people, that's just a dollar a dollar right. head. Yeah, would cover the insurance. So, um, you know that's. That makes a lot of sense. Something that I wanted to say that goes along with what you were saying that that I've been trying to push recently is I think back, um, I'm a racer from those days, from the 90s. I ran uh, Burt's Florida Pro Series stuff, and I started at Sunshine Speedway, and I watched a track that that was had more fans and more racers than anybody, and they ran late models every week. They ran 30-lap late model race paid 700 to win for i don't know how long and they had a lineup of 20 cars every week at least that were there racing including jimmy cope and dave pletcher and those guys um ran heat races sometimes they qualified sometimes me as a fan okay when i sit and i go watch races i love to watch heat races because heat races what they do for a low budget guy like myself is those those high budget guys they can crash in them heat races and then it might even our cars up a little bit for the race you know it makes sense, um, but what also makes sense is that you ran local races you ran thirty lap races and you let Bert come in with his show and run the super late model deal because I did it at your track several times, um, I I don't know why the track mentality today is. In a, well, because they're selfish in some reason. They think they can do it all. But why these promoters say, I'm going to have my own 100-lap races. 
Why do they put that burden on themselves? I haven't figured it out yet. And there's traveling series out there that will come down here to Charlotte County. Um, there's things that could be worked out for that. And then when they had a show, it would be a huge show, and all the drivers would be there. Well, I think one thing that's hurt it is it used to be like when Don Rohn had the USA and Bert had the the uh, Florida Pro and we had the TBRA. Uh, then we're traveling series, and when people when they came, no matter which one it came, it was a big deal. And then they started having many stocks challenges. They had road well, they didn't have road warriors yet, but they tried that. They tried street stocks, open well modifieds, uh, dwarf cars. They tried everything in the world. So now there's traveling series, which took away from the local shows. And I'd like to get back into the meetings we used to have at Brandon where we're trying to save the racetracks instead of letting them all close down and stop doing some of this stuff. Some of the series that comes around should not be there because that's the local racers at different racetracks waiting to travel. If they want to travel, let them get in a late model or a sprint car. Make them go to their local tracks and run there and cut the amount of classes down from 9 and 10 to 2 or 3 and have 30, 40 cars in a class. The only way you're going to do that is to pay a higher purse, and it's going to take you six months or so. We were we started to do it at my end of my days to where we got the classes down. We started guaranteeing double purses if the car count was 20 or more, and we did pay some of them. But, you know, it, it takes a long time to do that. You can't just do it six months and then quit. So getting back to... What you need to do, you need to go back to the grassroots and just have a couple classes, pay good purses, let people in cheap, and let the, let the drivers in for free. I would have never done that. I would have never said this. I would have said it two or three years ago when I still had the track, and I was going that direction. But these people are still trying to do the same thing. They're trying to start a street stock. Gary's doing a real good job with that street stock challenge. But how long is that going to last, and how many cars did that take from each track that used to have a good car count and street stocks? Our sportsmen's, and so you look at all this, and you sit down, and you get the track owners together. Jack's been to some of our meetings at Brandon, and you get in there, and you talk about how to run your concessions, how to run your back gate, how to run your tech, how to run this, and then the people starts putting their input in, and people starts changing. The ten classes of cars always been too many. Nowhere else in the United States do you see this happen, but Florida. You go to the promoters' workshop in Daytona; they'll tell you they laugh at Florida. Look at racing now. How many dirt tracks are there in Florida now in the last year and a half compared to asphalt? And that's what I built. I built Charlotte County Speedway as a dirt track. And now that's what's happening right now 20 years later. They're going to dirt and the asphalt's going away because Mm -hmm. the action on the dirt tracks around the country is doing fairly well compared to asphalt. Why? Because they have less classes. They pay their classes more money. It's cheaper to get in the grandstands. Even at East Bay, I believe it's cheaper than... I, I did a survey of all the racetracks. Not all. I missed a few, but most of the racetracks. This just recently. In North Carolina, uh, Southern Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. All of them. All the tracks of what their front gate prices were. And for the most part, in the Carolinas, Georgia, and so on, most of the tracks, there's some exceptions, most of them were in the $12, 10, $10 or $12 yeah. range. Nobody outside of Florida that I found was charging twenty dollars, you know, and and there was few charging fifteen, and there was a lot more charging ten than there was, you know what I mean? Right. There was even some charging eight, 
and uh, well, some some tracks owners have bigger nuts to crack than other ones, you know. So some of them have agendas, obviously, for the amount of fans that they. Well, get, is, is how much you charge is you know this is just something I, I for me I just can't understand this this thinking. I mean, Leroy, you tune in on this, but you've owned businesses besides a racetrack, and what doesn't compute to me is if you, you don't set prices of your products or services based up on based on how much money you need to make you have to base your prices on what people are going to be able to buy and you can deliver at an effective price and that's like it, trying to sell a house that yeah, you want to sell yeah, for like right 500,000 but it's worth 2 yeah i mean <laughs> right now if you use that same logic that some of the track owners use and i don't know maybe there's something missing here but by that logic the home builders in in northport and port charlotte right now would be raising their prices not lowering them as they are well what what do you what, say Leroy? well they are the prices are starting to come up and the people's going to miss the boat on these lower houses yeah, but the inventory homes are mostly going around here, and everybody's in the last year has built one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and less homes. Right. Them aren't selling all of a sudden; they're sitting around three fifty to two fifty to three hundred dollars and up is selling now. My house that I built, my model home, is actually four forty eight is what it is, but I can sell it on your lot for. The the thing is, is I've done basically what you're talking about. I'll build that house on your lot for two eighty nine, right? Because you can buy lots at different prices. I happen to pay more for that lot because it's a model home lot yeah. in the area. But anyway, uh, what you got to what I'm I'm really upset about is when they're raising these prices up and they're talking about the insurance, which is a bunch of crap too, and the tire money. It, take the money out of the tire money. If you're not going to pay a points fund, take some of this money and give it back to the drivers in other ways. Um, I've got a lot to say about it, and it'll take a long time to get it out, but I've sat back and watched this, and unless somebody does something to make racing different, not only in Florida but around the country, that racing is going to be gone. Well, I tell you, that there's only so many track owners uh, here because there's only so many tracks, and uh, knowing the, the personality of the, the particular track owners that are in Florida and the south part of Florida, ain't nothing's going to change from the way it's rolling right now. Now, if they smarten up, they start really thinking about it. Um, I think that you probably will see some change. I know you're going to see some change out of one of them because he told us that uh, that uh, uh, he may not have a points fund next year. You know, um, he paid out lots of money this year, and uh, he may not pay out any next year. So um, he may be smart to do that. I hope he listens after we talk to him. That you know, you know, we talked to to. Uh, um, Todd over there at uh, East Bay, and uh, he brought out some really good points. You know, I'd, I'd tell any of them guys go to East Bay, go to East Bay and watch the race over there. Spend the whole day before everyone else does. Spend the whole day there, and all the way till everybody leaves. These track owners need to go to that track and see how that place runs because I think they'll understand what you're talking about, Leroy. That. You don't need all these classes. And uh, all you just need is some good racing. And and if you only have a few classes, you're going to ultimately have good racing because more guys are going to buy cars. Um, what do you think about the crate motors uh, crate motors in, the, in the, the late models? I mean, especially for like a 30-lap show, you're going to run every week with late models or every two weeks. Well, I've kind of got away from it, but we started the crate models, the crate motors uh, right before Hurricane Charlie, actually. 
-hmm. and then it got dropped and it never got picked up in the proper way. Then the ASA cars come in. The, you know, they, it went way overboard from what it should have done. Mm -hmm. The crate motors also in the lower class cars, they got different kinds of crate motors. Right. And I think that that was a good deal at the time, but I think I think it went too far. And now I'm not, I haven't followed it very close last year, but it looks like it's turning around and not to be a good thing anymore. Well, actually, I think it's kind of done kind of a two circles because it went around and was a bad thing. And I think that um, it's definitely coming back around to be something that um, it can be kind of, um, you know, policed a little bit better than what they first thought. And But the good news is, is that I know at your particular track, the track that you used to have, it don't matter what motor you got in your car there in a late model because I got a late model and I'm here to tell you. It don't matter. If your car's handling well, you can do great with a crate motor in it. Yeah, well, you know, we, we started that. And we had, I'm not going to mention names, but everybody knows who they are. We had some local guys that never used to be able to finish well there. When they brought the crate, crate motors in and, and put them in their cars, the motor lasted several years. Two, actually, one, I think, is on his fourth or fifth year with the same motor. Mm-hmm as they could afford to do it and the whole thing was is to bring the local racers to where they can afford to start winning mm -hmm. just as soon as we started doing that some people got this bigger idea they're going to bring asa in. they're going to bring some big names in mm -hmm. and allow them to run with our local crate motors completely destroyed what we were trying to do we we're trying to make the local racing more affordable and uh, local heroes be the local heroes now that would be cool fun, if, if fun. you if you ran your weekly show and you only let your crate late models come and then when the asa came in to run their traveling series show that your guys got to run in there i think that's fine um but in your weekly program if you had asa guys show up that were just you know nothing to do that weekend they wanted to come um do you think there'd be a problem with those guys racing with your weekly show well, unfortunately, the uh, limited late model series got out of hand a few years ago. Yeah, it is. It is out of hand. No more weekly shows for them. So, I had Don on the show, and I was aggravated with him that you know I got a lightning light body on my car, so I can't go run his stuff. They won't even make concession. But you know what? In one way, I say that it aggravates me. And in another way, at least they stand up and say, "Hey, we got rules, and we're going to stand behind them." Um, the limiteds. It's gone crazy, okay? There's no difference between the two, I think, in, in most cases, um, other than uh, maybe a, a frame rail here or there, or maybe a shock or a spring. But even still, um, I think that the limiteds today should be either the crate 604 motor or the two-barrel motor of yesterday, let's say. Two-barrel motor like Randy Fox races in his car, Okay. He still shows up with a two-barrel motor like it's supposed to be. Right. Um, this progressive thing that they've allowed these guys to come in and make this money with this spec motor. I mean, the spec motor is great, but it it totally just took everything, even in the Supers, you know. That thing should have a 390 on it. It shouldn't have a 750 like my flat-top steel-headed motor in my car. So I think that we probably could talk for a while on you know, the aggravation of what you see from your side. And now, like I said, you're on a, even a different side. And None of that has a damn thing to do with how many people are in the grandstands. No, but I, I think this is... 
You're right, because they this? don't know the difference as, of the motor no, banker no, no. in the car. But as, as, as I am in the pits, and I, I'm talking to my friends. Take are, the mufflers off. And talking to my friends who are drivers, I hear the same thing time and time again, where it is getting hard for them to afford to race weekend after weekend after weekend with the cost of paying, you know, to get everybody into the pits and bringing their vehicles in and entering in the race and, you know, and paying for for everything and then we got tires and fuel and and it's hard in in um some of them won't come and race every weekend because they only have so much money you know to stretch to pay for their racing hobby as well as what if they all got smart and all in the same week didn't show up what do you say about that leroy but you know but i think but i think that's what you're hitting a key point about reducing the cost for the drivers to come in and race, um, and so that way they, they, these these backbone classes can build, and then you have higher car counts, which the fans love, and then you get more butts in seats. Right. If would you rather what, pay twenty dollars to watch a late model race with a follow the leader and you know thirty cautions, or would you rather you know like say there's eighteen twenty two cars somewhere in that neighborhood, or would you rather have a race where you got uh, a full-filled, maybe say you got 30 or 40 road warriors and they got to run A mains and B mains to get into the A main. Mm-hmm. And there's close racing all the way through the race. They're not spread out. They're passing. Would you rather pay 10 or $15 to see that or 20 to see a late model race that they, they put on nowadays? Every once in a while you hit a good one. Mm-hmm. But would, what would you really rather do? Most people want to see racing even – if they're slower, like Jack said, take the mufflers off, make them a little louder, do something. Yeah. Uh, That's what the ASA is doing this year. It's yeah. one of their rule changes. ASA late model series, you're taking the mufflers off as a rule change because some of the, a, a few of the tracks ask for that because they said it makes the fan the fans think the cars are going faster. People want fans want high car counts and um, and they and, and I think they really love those backbone classes that are going to be there every weekend. They develop relationships with drivers and. In the, and that's what keeps them coming back because they want to see their how their favorite driver is going to do weekend after weekend after or weekend. Or their unfavorite driver. Right. Exactly. Let me tell you one of the stupidest things I could probably say, and it's probably the thing that would work, because if I was there, this is exactly what I'd do. What I would do is I'd tell, like, our, I started the four-cylinder class down here a few years ago. We called them the junkyard dogs. And, you know, after about six months, guess what happened? A guy came in with a... He had a closed trailer, and he had this great big fancy truck pull. I said, what in the hell are you doing that for? Well, I feel embarrassed coming in with this little open trailer. Yeah. So I got to thinking about it over another year, and I'm thinking, if all these guys start buying these trailers that's enclosed and spend this money, that class is going to go to hell, too. What I would do, if I was there right now, what I would do, it's just a small thing, but... I would tell anybody that race, I don't care if they're in the limited late models, I'd say if you pull in here with an open trailer, I will give you a $100 bonus tonight if you finish in the top three mm-hmm. or something. I would make, I would encourage people to get rid of these big trailers and get something that's more affordable. Because you know what? When they're driving down the road on I-75 and they see a trailer, there could be a lawnmower's in it. You don't know what's inside them trailers. Yeah. What I would do is I would want my racers to drive down the road so somebody sees a, a car. Kenny Bush with the midgets, he pulled in the gas station one day. He says, a guy came up and says, uh, hey, where are you going? He said, I'm going over here to the speedway across the interstate. He said, well, we didn't know there was a track there. We never seen no race cars around. Kenny says, you won't because I'm probably the only one that's got an open trailer. 
But see, them are traveling billboards. When you see exactly. when you see a hundred exactly. race cars go down the the road with an open trailer, your racetrack's going to do better. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there's just things that I would do. I would I would encourage and pay people to come there and be the underdog, be the guy with the open trailer, be the guy that don't have to spend all this big money. He's going to have more fun because he now he don't have a twenty thirty thousand dollar trailer he bought just to show. And it it would change the whole outlook of racing by doing that. It's just one thing. It's just one thing. Okay. Well, he'd be coughing up a lot of money if he had his track back. (laughs) Do we need to take a break now? Yeah, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and... uh, and uh, we're going to ask Leroy some more questions about oh, it, yeah. uh, what he thinks he's going to do. Let, let me tell you that uh, we got Jeff, Jeff Choquette on the show tonight. We got David Brown. We got uh, Tim Bryant. Who's that guy? Leroy David. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. We'll be back. Stuff up coming up through there, but uh, you know it's a lot of fun racing these guys. That's what it's all about. Try to have a, a good time out here and you know race all the guys. This was a North race tomorrow night. We'll race with the South Boys, but. Uh, you know, all in all, it was a, a lot of fun. We enjoyed it, and hopefully we can, you know, bring this thing and home in one more spot to better tomorrow. A lot of drama on pit road right after qualifying. Any concerns as you came to the line for this race? No, no, we knew that uh, that this thing would be fine. You know, we've, we've run this motor before. It's the same car we'd run all the time. We tried to bring our new one out, but couldn't get it done in time. So uh, i got to thank Richie Waters and all these guys that did an awesome job preparing this thing all day and, uh, and being able to get this thing back in in raceable conditions after we decided to make a motor change. So uh, we're happy with that, and uh, we'll, we'll, we learned some things there, definitely. And, you know, it's my first time down here in a super late model, and so, uh, you know, Richie's as well, and we'll work on it tonight and try to come up with a, some ideas and brainstorm a little bit and make it better. I'm Wayne Jefferson, driver of the number one open wheel modified and number 94 super late model. And you are listening to Real Racing USA on Short Track America. Powermaster is your ASA series sponsor for the XS Power Batteries. Powermaster is pleased to announce the introduction of the XS Power series of batteries, XX Power Batteries for racing applications, and batteries for your car audio application. 12 volt batteries for street machines, street rods, off road vehicles, and even motorcycles. XS Power Batteries means 30% more power and no battery spilling. PowerMaster also carries your starters and alternators. Visit us on the web at www.powermastermotorsports.com. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Every year, you assemble your closest friends to prepare for another season in the knockdown, dragout world of make-believe football. Fourth and inches. You were born with the one skill every manager needs to play fantasy football. Absolutely no skill playing real football. Not so good at catching. Imaginary catches. Imaginary touchdowns. Next up, an imaginary score. With an imaginary woman. Good imagination. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh Swami of the sidelines. You may come in dead last, but you're always first with us. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Sport City Racing. It's about winning. From lug nuts to complete race cars and 12,000 parts in between. Whether you're new to racing or a seasoned veteran, you'll find what you need at Port City Racing. Since 1981, Port City Racing has been producing winners, drag racing, circle track, and much more. You can now browse through our Port City Racing catalog on the web. View and shop online right from your race shop. PortCityRacing.com That's PortCityRacing.com That's You're fired. Inside Florida race. Let me turn those up too. Yeah, turn down the other. Turn them up a little bit more. Bring them up. Come on. Yeah, bring, bring that Give that volume up. Come on. Oh, coming up in the second hour of Inside Florida Waste Racing, we Wasting. have racing. We have the music. It's 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 warping my tongue. We have Jeff and John Choquette with us, plus uh, David Brown, and we'll be joined by uh, Tim Bryant. And let's see what oh, we're going to try to get. Squeeze what Dave Westerman in here, but right no, now, we ain't talking. I'm hey, Dave, if you're listening, we, we changed our minds. We're not calling you. We can't. Okay, we don't have that much time. Our mind. But uh, right now, we're talking to Leroy Davidson, the much beloved, and everybody's always mentioned. You know, bringing up your name, telling me how much they miss you. Oh, he's Leroy. turning red. You're talking about he's turning red. <laughs> Oh my God! Tell me the toothpick fell right out of his mouth. Yeah, that that was an amazing feat to have the toothpick come out. Well, after Leroy gains his composure, uh, we'll let him answer that. What, what yeah, happened? Nice of you to say all that. But, you know, I want to know the truth. I am telling you the truth. All right, bottom line: what's the biggest things at racetracks that you see they need to do? I mean, you hit the money button, and we all agree to that. I think it's a lot of people agree with that, except for you know everybody's got their own way of doing it, and we understand that, but. Well, what else besides the prices and the show? Prices and the show. You got it. The popcorn, Leroy. The popcorn. Yeah. Well, you put you put hundred dollars in the popcorn. You advertise on the PA system. There's a hundred dollar bill in the popcorn, and we sold four and five hundred bags of popcorn a night by doing that. So, what else you want to talk about? you should have tried that in the hot dog stand. You should have put a sign up. There's a hundred dollars in one of these hot dogs I'm selling today. What happened? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, well, I think that's a great idea about the uh, um, uh, hundred dollars in the popcorn. That would probably increase popcorn sales. Uh, and you always make your hot wings really, really hot, and you give them away. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then they buy beer because the most money you make is on beer, unfortunately. Okay. There's all kinds of ways that racetracks don't make money at things that are right in front of them. Okay, I'll give you a couple. Now, there's all kinds of reasons you can say this can't be done, but those are just excuses that they, you just, there's a little work involved. Every racetrack, most racetracks have a uh, place where you buy uh, stuff. You buy hats and checkered flags for the kids and earplugs, and you buy all this stuff. We used to call it a souvenir shop. Yeah, yeah souvenir exactly. Shop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a souvenir shop, whatever. Every racetrack has this, right? Just about. I don't know. I mean, there's out of all the racetracks in this, in speedways, racetracks, stock car tracks in this entire country, I bet there's not 5% of them, if that, that have those stores operating any time other than race day and do not have their stuff online on their website in a, ca- a place where you can go actually online, order, and buy your stuff. That's an income generator. It makes money. 
You know, it's not going to make you rich, but it makes money and it helps add to the to the bottom line. You know where they drop the ball with those shirts, Jack? I mean, is they're always selling shirts and stuff. They're not selling shirts the, to the drivers that well, are driving at the racetrack. Well, that's one thing. Then the other thing is now some some racetracks have different different rules that they can't do this, but um, there's a lot of them that do. And you you have a beer license and you have a place where you sell beer. The only time it's like having a bar and being only open one day. You have a liquor license, and you should be selling beer as much. In, not in every case. There's always exceptions. I remember we talked about this one time, and you had there's you know there are reasons in some areas where you can't or shouldn't do it or whatever. Yeah. But there's a lot of places that could be making a lot of extra revenue off of that resource if you use it in the right way. And you got to come up with you know things like there's places around here that go. There's a place in St. Pete where all these fans are going to watch uh, videos from Desoto Speedway. And they go there every week to this place in St. Pete, and they all bunches of people come there and watch the videos. Well, if the tra- I mean, some tracks are obviously out in the boonies, you can't do that. But tracks that are not way out in the boonies, where where inaccessible, why wouldn't you do that at your racetrack? I mean, there's a revenue stream that you can make money besides just at the race. Right? Well, I'm- for for comp liquor license is what you got to have if you're going to run some package. And most of these guys, if they want to sell liquor outside or beer outside of this race. They have to sell food as well because you have to oh, sell is that a certain right? amount is that of food. Right? You have to sell food. I never knew that. Well, I don't uh, think so. That I don't think I, the only well, thing we got we don't we have a the beer not, and wine license. We have a beer and wine. Well, what license. I'm saying is is there are ways there are other things going on. The parts department, the parts places. You know the part you're right. selling your parts. And, right. You know. So like, are you talking about for an example, like on a Friday night when the track is open for guys to come in and practice? Have some reasons to get have, us to come see have, you guys. Have fans. You know? Having it open to fans and come in and have the concession stands open and have them come down sure. for dinner and beer and watch the practice and maybe what maybe lower the either what have it open for free let's for play, fans to come in. Let's that let's and get let's play poker. If you food. ain't practicing, let's have poker night at the track. You know, I mean, yeah. what the hell? I mean, just these are promotions. You got to yeah. watch yeah. your step there with poker too. <laughs> you know, all these things sound like things that you do in a garage. <laughs> They're things that you do when you have a business and you want to make money. Well, let's talk about these things. Leroy, you had the track. You got to do it all yourself. I'm sure you used to sub some of that stuff out. Maybe you did or didn't. What's the way to do it? We didn't really sub a whole lot out. We tried it when I first opened up because we didn't have the concession buildings and the stuff, so we used people, vendors coming in. Uh, I don't see how any racetrack can survive that has their, say, for instance, I know East Bay does it, and they do survive, but... Uh, most tracks won't survive if they let their their concessions out and they get a percentage. Usually, you get four or five hundred dollars, and then you got all that expenses. But uh, you need that extra income. If you do four or five thousand dollars a week in the concessionary, and you do two thousand in the beer, but you're subbing it out, and you make five hundred, how can you survive? When when these guys that's running the racetracks now, they say they don't have no money and they're spending money. Uh, I've been there 20 years, and I never asked for any money. I never asked for donations. I took the money that we got from one race, and I built the figure eight. I put the back road in. Well, I built the whole racetrack that way. It don't make any difference. The whole thing came from the racers. Uh, Cope Anderson, back in the days, probably you, Rob, is I like to come to Charlotte County Speedway because every time I come here, I see improvements. I see our money being used again. It's clean, the bathrooms. Uh, I think when Charlie came and I, after I rebuilt it and I kind of like made a change in my life, um, I found out that I wasn't the one that should be there no more. 
I still done the work. I still put all my money back into the speedway. I done the figure eight and I done the back road after that. But I just my heart wasn't in it, so I, I gave it up. I think that track owners that are there now, if they've lost the desire or they don't have the financial way of doing it, maybe they should think about stepping down or selling somebody else that does have the means to do it because is all they do. We're going to lose our racetrack here in Charlotte County if something don't happen. The airport is only, they got one site, and the people that's there, if you kiss their ass, you know, you're in with them. If you don't, which I didn't, you're not in with them. So my chances of going back to Charlotte County Speedway are probably zero because of who is in the airport. What's good for the racetrack doesn't make any difference. And I don't want to go back necessarily. I would like to go back and be part of, I like to be the race director where the people comes up after the races and yells at me. Whoa, like whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Really, are you kidding me? Yeah, I like really? that. Really? Yeah. Let's get deal on miss, the phone I, right I now. I tell you what, I let's get deal on the phone right now. But, I know a lot of drivers but, that would be very happy to have you there. Well, but what, but some what, of them would. But, but what, some I'm, of them would. There's some. Well, wait, of them. wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, I would like, and I'm thinking about getting some people uh, together, like we were doing the meetings in Brandon, where we have these little sessions. Some of it on these radio stations. Talk about out in the open, like the bullshit about the insurance getting high. That's bullshit. Not paying a points fund. Take if you're selling tires and you're selling them for five hundred dollars instead of four hundred, what in the hell are you doing with all the money? Come in here and find out what these people are doing. Call them. Call them to the table and say, where are you spending this money? You got donations coming in and you're not even spending this money. Instead of going out and hiring somebody to mow your grass and, and work out your track, go do some of it yourself. You know, I'll tell you how to. I've been there twenty years. And I never asked for a dime from nobody. I asked for donations after the storm. On time, we went up to Sunshine and tore that down and brought it here. But you know, I would be—I'd be embarrassed to do some of the stuff these people are doing. Not only at this speedway in Florida, but other racetracks that they're lowering themselves down. What they need to do is back off and sell somebody that's more capable of running it. Because you get to the point to where you don't want to run it no more, and that's probably where the speedway is again. Is you can't afford to do it. You don't know which way to go, but you're not going to ask for help. You hire all the losers that's been fired over the years, and you put them in positions of being back there. What in the hell are you going to get? You're going to get something going downhill. Well, get I positive mean, people working. Get somebody that knows something. Leroy, I, I think you should get off the diamond, like say what's really on your mind. Yeah, you're preaching. Stop holding you're preaching. Back. Hey, Leroy, <laughs> you're holding back too much. I know. Hey, I, you know what? I agree totally. It, it's with going you. to take. I've been away for for a year, so I'm going to slow into this. <laughs> I agree totally with you that. The, the tracks uh, are letting people uh, run the show sometimes that uh, don't even have the experience of some of the kids that are out there racing. Uh, Connie, what would you think about him getting back into racing? That's his choice. <laughs> well, being in racing, you don't have to have a racetrack to be in racing. I would like to be in racing. Don around me, uh, Todd's is a great guy. Uh, some of us guys have been there, and we've already tried all this stuff that ain't working. We see what these guys are doing now. It's like, turn around and go the other way. Here, I think, you know, on the meetings, on the meetings, okay, just yeah, on the meetings. Right. Now, you know, since those meetings quit happening, you know, I've talked to a lot of those people who were regular people who went um, at one time or another. It's come up. And my personal take on it was, did anything drastically change in Florida? No, it didn't. But you know what? There was a lot of people who got to know each other a little better 
and there was a lot more communication. And though no big major changes happened, I think it improved things in a lot of little ways, and it improved the communication. And had it, if it were to keep going, I think that it, it would continue to give benefits. It's not. It, it's far. Don't you think it's far better than not having them? Don't you? What do you think? There is no doubt. I get calls now. It's like, why don't you? You know, why don't we do them meetings again? The only thing that we done, we didn't do it wrong. We just didn't know. Is we had meetings with all the racetrack owners, managers, uh, and we also had the traveling series there. The it's hard for a promoter to sit there and tell some of the traveling series that you know you guys are getting out of hand. So most of them wouldn't speak up because then these traveling series wouldn't go to their racetracks. So we had some times on the phones during the the month because we used to do them every month to where these other track owners would say, why can't we have a meeting of our own so we can talk freely? And then maybe every other month we can invite the traveling series and we'll control which ones we're going to allow to happen. It's like the guy called me from St. Pete. He has open my modified. He, the last year I was there, hey, I got this guy. They want me to do this Road Warrior traveling series. What do you think? And I let him know what I thought. I told him it was a bunch of shit, and he's going to ruin that class. They already ruined every class in the state but the Road Warriors. And I, I told him why. And after I was done, he said, you know, I never thought of all that. He says, we, we need to get rid of some of these series and, and get our local racing back to where it belongs and then have the traveling series. Once you, you're the best in that class, then join the late models of the sprint car class if you want to travel. But that's what's hurt racing in Florida and all over the country. Some, some states don't even have a traveling series in their states because they want all their cars to stay at their tracks. So by getting these meetings going back together, and we were getting other racetracks saying, you know, I'm not going to run some of these series. We're going to run like the Dwarf Cars, the uh, Outlaw Modifieds, the Sprint Cars, and Late Models. We, you know, like we got like, what, three or four Sprint Car series now. Or we did when I left. You only need one. You only got so many cars. You got 30 cars in the state, and now you got four classes to put them in. Well, some of them there shouldn't be any, and some of them it's absolutely ridiculous there's more than one in that, that because the economy, like you were talking about, it doesn't make any sense to travel and you spend all this extra money. It, it doesn't. Well, at least the second series they're talking about doesn't have wings on it. <laughs> well, if, if the racetrack promoters and managers and so forth – would get together like we were doing, and I really have been fighting with myself to do this, but, you know, there's just things going on in my life right now where the timing wasn't right. I think now, this month, I could probably get back in and doing it, but we need, I don't know if any promoters would come to a meeting that I conducted. I used to conduct the meeting, and the only reason they came is because I paid all the expenses. I didn't make, I didn't make them chip in, and I, but... That's that's just a lie there. But anyway, they they we we had some meetings where we had twenty five thirty. You want to pay for dinner? We could probably get them all to show up. Well, uh, that, uh, towards the end they were starting to chip in with orders. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, pizza. Jack? We could get them all to show up. He paid for dinner. But if they would come to these meetings and actually leave and do something, cut out some of this series as that's uncalled for. Make the sprint cars go back to one series, so when they come to your track, it's an attraction. You know, it, racing isn't a racetrack. The local, the stock car racing, a lot of people don't go to see that anymore. They go to see the sideshows. So we've done that. We've done the figure eight bus racing. We've done the boat racing. 
we done everything there is. We've done the Enduros. People came and see them, then we wore them out. Why did we wear them out? Because we got some people. Our boat race at Charlotte County Speedway was the best thing we had. Now it's almost every other week. How in the heck would you put on a special that's every other week? Yeah, they, the figure eight boat races that um, have been going, sort of gotten to like every other month, and the, the car count in them has dwindled. And um, we, we really enjoy them. The fans really enjoy them. The problem is, is when you only have two or three vehicles out there, that's not as entertaining as in the previous years when you would have six, eight vehicles out there. And it made it more exciting. Shoot, they um, used to have, what are you talking about? They'd have 20 of them out there. They would well, start those before, things if you were only that, running one every four months. I was going out there. I'm talking about in yeah. my experience of, of going out to the track. And what I've seen, and um, so you're I, saying since you went there, things has slowed down. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> well, you just said. It's I'm just trying me. to figure out what you just said. Well, they said. finally got rid of all them boats that were but at the I, track I, when I you saw them. They're I all mean, gone. Buses now. are gone too. Yeah. I wasn't there when they had the larger car counts for the figure eight boat races, but um, we're getting flashed by Jack Raw, which means we need to take a break. I'm tired of you um, flashing me. Put your shirt back on. Well, when we come back, we're going to find out about the Brian Davidson Memorial, what that's all about. Well, that's going to be in the second hour, but we're going to talk to Jeff Chiquette and his dad right when we come back. Imagine that. Hey, you guys are going to East Bay soon, aren't you? Yeah. Next Thursday night, we're going to be live. We're going to Ocala, too. we got a live show next Thursday night, Monday and Thursday. Who? We'll be right back, folks. This is, you know, this is it's Logan. It's great being out with the ASA guys. Always got a really good competition, especially in the Challenge Series. Uh, I've never raced on a track this big, so it is pretty exciting. The biggest track I've been on is a small 5.8 mile, so it's, it's a pretty neat deal, you know, getting all the competition, a lot of good experience for our first race out this year. How many autograph sessions you had to do so far? Uh, more and more every time you go to the track? More and more. <laughs> a lot of people starting to notice who you are and stuff, and uh, doesn't hurt that your mom's a singer, and people probably recognize her a little bit, too. Times. Well, uh, you know what? does help a little bit. You know, she, she gets to sing the national anthem every once in a while at racetracks, and she, she, she gets to do some recording stuff in the studio and everything, so it does help. Do you need to raise your land and business to new heights? Then you need to call Evergreen Development and Construction. They do it all, from land development, construction, drainage, excavating, site prep, and even environmental projects. No job is too big for Evergreen Development and Construction. Give them a call at 813-478-8847. And don't forget to check out the late model Evergreen Development Construction Race Team. They'll be at a track near you. And remember, just think green. Evergreen Development and Construction. 813-478-8847. Powermaster is your ASA series sponsor for the XS Power Batteries. Powermaster is pleased to announce the introduction of the XS Power series of batteries. XX Power Batteries for racing applications and batteries for your car audio application. 12-volt batteries for street machines, street rods, off-road vehicles, and even motorcycles. XS Power Batteries means 30% more power and no battery spilling. Powermaster also carries your starters and alternators. Visit us on the web at www.powermastermotorsports.com. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Pour. Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Pour. What do you do with a master's degree in art history? You get a nose ring and pour coffee for a living. Pour it on now. 
Why is it called a latte? Maybe because it costs a latte, and it takes a latte time to make. A whole lot of latte. Someone ordered a cappuccino? Step aside. Let the man who works the milk foamer take over. Step aside. Sure, you charge five bucks for a cup of coffee. It's putting that tip jar out that takes real guts. Yeah. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, guru of the ground roast. It's not the caffeine that gives us the buzz. It's you. Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop. Bud Light Beer at Isaac Bush for Collins, Colorado. Hi, this is David Strimmey, driver of the Atrius Holmes number 64 car for Rusty Wallace. And you're listening to Real Racing USA with Bill Green, Jack Smith, and Rick Angies. Up. Yeah, there and we go. We're back with Inside Florida Racing uh, with me, CC Brooks, Rob Bonehead Elding. Carol's in the house. Jack is uh, at Master Control over there. Special in studio guest, Leroy Davidson, here with us. And uh, we have a guest on the phone, Jeff Choquette. Good evening, Jeff. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Very good. Is is your is your dad on the line also? No, we're gonna to talk to him in a little bit. Okay. No, Jeff's gonna do it without his dad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff. Uh, another win, son. Another win. Another. Uh, he's got two wins. Double you? header. Double header. Two mm-hmm. wins. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a pretty eventful weekend. You know, we uh, came out and we were. You know, we we only bought one set of practice cars, so we could only really be at the top of the charts one time. Throughout the throughout the whole day of practice, and uh, we uh, put on our set, and did, went out, and did a qualifying run after we felt the car was where we wanted it, and uh, we we went really fast. We went like a twenty sixty eight, and uh, for the heat of the day, we felt you know, hey, we're in a really good position, and we just pretty much left the car alone from there, and worked on a little bit of long runs, and went out to qualify uh, Friday night, won a twenty thirty nine, which I think just under a tenth and a half faster than, than the whole field was, north and south combined. And we were really happy, couldn't even be more pleased with the car and, and with everything that went on. And um, It was, in my eyes, the right time to shine, and, and everything just went perfect for this weekend. I'm hoping that there was the right people in the stands watching you race this weekend, Jeff. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's why I'm saying it was, it was the right time to shine. You know, you had two Nextel Cup race uh, drivers there, and, um, That's a sprint cup now. Get it right. Sprint cup. Yeah. <laughs> he beat them both, no matter what cup it is. Yeah. Even though I'm not that old, it's still Winston Cup to me. Winston Cup. Something. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I I hear you. Well, we're talking about what we're just hang on a second, just just a second, Jeff. What we're talking about is uh, at USA International Speedway this past weekend, um, the Speed Fest 2008, and uh, Jeff had never won a. a, a one of those races at Lakeland, as many places he's won and race won races. He'd never won there, and he won both nights. Go ahead, Jeff. But um, you know, like I, just like you're saying, I've never never won at Lakeland. I've been close one time before, but I think we've been there probably ten times because Lakeland doesn't hold very many races, and uh, they only hold big ones. But we've been close one time, and I mean, this weekend it was just it was awesome. You know, we come out and set fast time by almost a tenth and a half, and Went out and won the the Friday night race, um, and, and come back on, on uh, Sunday because Saturday night got rained out and just just ran re- really well and the car was awesome. One Saturday or Sunday too. 
Besides being one of the greatest racers in the state of Florida, I got to tell you, you got the personality, the charm, the uh, the manners, everything that goes with being a good racer. I'm so proud to know you. Thank you very much, I and mean, I'm proud to know you too. You're you're always there, you know, whether it's rain, shine, sleet, or snow. You know, you're always there uh, with a big smile on your face with Bobby there. Well, we enjoy watching you, and, and your dad and your grandfather are awesome, too. So I know how you got where you are. Thank you. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna to talk to your dad in a few minutes to find out where he was hiding in those last 20 laps. Oh, he was, I don't know. Some people say, he, you know, I, some people come up to me sometimes are like, oh, man, you know, your dad, he gets pretty nervous, doesn't he? And, uh, you know, I, I never get a chance to see him, but they say they say he starts pacing back and forth. and But that, that was... It's so fun to go to Lakeland, and we've always had such bad luck there, and we're even on the verge of giving up on Lakeland, you know, just because we've always run so bad there. And um, But we went back, and, you know, that was a really big win for him and uh, and for the whole race team. You know, he really enjoyed it. So how bad has it been at Lakeland if you were wanting to give up? What, were you finishing fifth or something? <laughs> Every time we go there, you know, we struggle with the track so much, and, and – uh, you know, we we just always were breaking. We would, you know, motor would blow up. Last time we were there, we broke an axle or we would crash or just anything would happen. And, and we weren't just giving up just because the track had us down. It's just we're, we're hurting for sponsorship money so bad and, and uh, you know, the economy so bad for, for my dad's business and stuff. And he's the one that solely supports the whole race team and everything. That that was that would be the reason why, you know, we, we would have gave up on, on Lakeland to just to save all the money and, and run do some more sweet weeks. Whose car did you race this week? I raced my own. All right. That's right. Now, listen, Jeff, when you were racing in the uh, in the 200 on on Sunday and, and uh, after you guys had made, why did you just, there's two questions I have. Why did you guys decide to pit when you did? Because everybody, most of those guys pitted uh, on that first, like, thing around 75 or 80. And then they also, tell us about when, uh, when uh, Bush was trying to get back to get behind by you, uh, when you guys were all r- racing to the front after that, um, the reason I, I think it was like I think it was lap seventy or sixty-five when they when the first caution came out, because um, right after I got by Jay Middleton, I think it was somewhere right under seventy. But I I just I didn't I mean you pit once and you know the chances of you come back in and getting another set uh, are very slim. So I don't understand why they pitted so early. You know, we stayed out, and, and all the good cars pitted, and we were just waiting till later in the race. And and thank God we pitted when we did because it fell at the perfect time. I came in, got my got my right side because we weren't even going to come back in. And then we had that long red flag, and uh, during the red flag we came back in and got our left. And I think we only lost one position from coming back in after after we changed our right side. And um, but I mean that's how everything's got to go. It, everything fell perfect. Everything happened just the way it was supposed to happen, and, and you know that's how teams win races. Can't win races when you know everything goes wrong. You know you just have too much stuff going against you. But uh, yeah, about Kyle Busch, you know, trying to get by me, he, you know, kind of uh, he was back there. We were kind of with each other all the, throughout the whole day, and um, I, I went to go duck underneath the lap car. And uh, I cleared the lap car. Next thing I know, you know, he's on the outside of me. And you really don't know how, what what people are showing throughout the race. And he got on the outside of me. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I guess he's really going to show me what he's got now. I wonder how strong he is. And 
I noticed I started edging back in front of him, and and uh, I, I cleared him, and uh, I just I was I was like, okay, well, I know we're kind of going to be in the clear of him, you know, because he kind of showed us what he had there, and, and, and we got back in front of him and kind of starting to pull away from him a little bit. But it's it's fun, you know. I he raced me extremely clean, and I raced him I raced him really clean. And it, it it was it was real fun to get out there and, and race with somebody you don't get to race a whole lot, especially a star like him. Well, after this very exciting weekend, Jeff, what's in store for you now? What's coming up over the next couple of weekends for you? Um, this weekend, which I haven't confirmed yet, but I think uh, Ocala is running their practice February 2nd. And uh, I think we're going to go there and practice the dirt car. I, I think I'm going to have to make it a, a an every-time thing from now on. I, I've won uh, two races this way, two big races. I went and ran a dirt race and went and ran the Governor's Cup. I went and ran a dirt race before this week at Lakeland. So I think when I have to do that, I'm going to have to find a dirt race or go practice or something before every big race is uh, coming up. How about speed weeks at, uh, in Tampa? You're not going to do any of that stuff during the Lucas uh, Late Model Series stuff? No, we, uh, we're we pretty busy with all the asphalt stuff going on right now. And and uh, that and that right now is a little bit out of out of our league. That, that, over there, that's a really tough deal. We just we don't have the, the, the technology as I, you know, as you would say, and, and the knowledge to go over there about all the tires and stuff to to even compete with them guys. Ah, don't be. So You've sure. been there, done that, huh? Yeah, been there, done that, and, and we went there. You know, when we were up on our, we thought we were up on our game on on all the dirt stuff, and we went there, and it was such a tough deal because even to them guys, you know, we didn't know as much as they knew, and that that dirt car stuff. That I mean, going over there to Tampa, that's that's the best of the best there. You know, that's like going and running. The Daytona 500, they're the best dirt racers around. Yeah, there'll be more racers there for that race than at the Daytona 500 trying to qualify, I'll guarantee you. Well, you oh, have... Yeah, there, there, there'll probably be 100-plus there. I'm I'm almost sure of that. But we're going to run... Uh, we're going to go practice February 2nd, and uh, we're getting the car that we ran. Uh, actually, we're getting two of them ready to go for New Smyrna Speed Weeks. Uh, second half of the week, we'll probably pull out a different car. Jeff, don't sound like you're winding this interview down. We're going to take a very short break, a very short break, and we're going to come back with uh, uh, with your dad on the other uh, other end of this thing and uh, ask you guys. We'll let, talk to you guys together for a few minutes. Did you just cut him off, Jeff? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's okay. He's I'll very rude. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> so are we doing that right now? Yeah. We'll be right back, Jeff. Okay. Inside Florida Racing. Hello, I'm Frank Bartles, and this here's my partner, James Brown. As the weather starts getting too hot, we hope you will reach for one of these. New and James Brown wine cooler. It tastes good. They come in three funky flavors. Gravity grape, prime of passion fruit, and my personal favorite, papaya. Papaya's got a brand new bag. It'll get you off faster than a big city lawyer. And a single pack serves six to ten. Just like James. <laughs> New Bartles and James Brown wine coolers. The cooler cooler. Made in the cooler. Now behind bars everywhere. And uh, thank you for your support. The O'Reilly Auto Parts ASA Fast Lane. Only on Real Race at USA. 
Meet the racers of America's most exciting short track racing series every Wednesday night from 8 p.m. until 9 p.m. From the Milwaukee Mile to Bristol Motor Speedway, Five Flags in Nashville, the ASA is the racing series where young talent meets wily veterans in extreme short track competition. O'Reilly is America's auto parts store, and the ASA is America's premier late model series. O'Reilly Auto Parts ASA Fast Lane gets you close to the action and behind the scenes with the real stories from the drivers themselves. The O'Reilly ASA Fast Lane, only on Real Racing USA. Are you ready to win? If so, it's time to move up to Five Star Race Car Bodies. Five Star Race Car Bodies designs and manufactures the highest quality race car body components. Short tracks, drag strips, road courses, and even in the desert, Five Star has one driving passion, to help you win. Five Star Race Bodies designs and manufactures for NASCAR, Grand Am, NHRA, IHRA, SCCA, Short Track Asphalt, Short Track Dirt, USAC, USAR, Hooters Pro Cup, and the ASA Late Model Series. Find out more today at fivestarbodies.com. We're back inside Florida Racing, and uh, hey, Jeff, you are going to have so much fun when you hit that dirt track on the second. I know I'm looking forward to, I'm going up there on the uh, 29th for their grand opening. I'm looking forward to that, and so I'm jealous you're going to get out there on that track. Uh, We have John on the phone. John, this is Carol Wicks. Nice to have you on the show tonight. John? Hello, Jeff. Jeff? Somebody? Here. Okay, there you go. John? Okay. We have we have John Sapper or John Sapper. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now you're never going to talk to me. We have, I'm leaving we here. Have Jeff we have, and we, John. We have Choquette John. There on you the go. Phone with us. It's John Choquette on the Holy phone. Holy cow! Where'd that come from? <laughs> it, how you doing? We're it's, doing good. Have you calmed down from Saturday, my, Sunday? I, I get so nervous. I I just <laughs> back and forth and hold my head down. It's wicked. I'll tell you what, John, you got a son you can be doggone proud of. Oh, I'm very proud of him. It's just it's in Lake Lanier, we've we've been so close so many times and I just and never got the checker. It's just, you know, transmissions have broke and just incidences after incidences and you know, it's just been a track I haven't been able to uh for him to overcome. I don't know you know, I didn't know if it was just that I never was gonna win there, you know. Well, he did it this time in a big way, and we're all anybody that knows Jeff is really proud of him. Well, thank you very much. He was, you know, we went there, and it was a brand new car, and I didn't know if I messed up by bringing it, and you know, um, you know, you just, I told them to double check their stuff, and the boys, the boys worked real hard, Jeffrey and Ryan, and and uh, and uh, Reno that set it up. They worked. I told them make sure you check everything and and do everything right. Well, you sure did that. <laughs> so, uh, how many? Uh, oh, sorry about that. My microphone is uh, kind of screwing up. But uh, right. how, how many times has uh, have you been to the races and uh, has Jeff actually uh, taken the, the checkered flag? How many times? Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> uh, since he's been a young boy, or just this? How long? Well, I kind of asked that question just to kind of throw out there that uh, he's won quite a bit, hasn't he? Oh, wow. Uh, just uh, in the past year, I think he's – I know in Dickie Anderson's car he won seven times. 
Um, he won an ASA race. Um, he's um, some couple other DeSoto race. So just in the past year, nine or ten times here, you know. So what about these NASCAR guys? Uh, you going to get a chance to talk to some of these guys? You going to go try to sell your son on one of these guys, or what's going on? I've tried. I just, you know, it's. I think it's all. It's about money, and I just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm at my end about with the money issue. It, you know, I don't. The talent is is is. He's yeah. proving himself with the talent. He needs a sponsor. Need a major exactly. sponsor behind him, and then he'll have a ride. No, exactly. But just, but after winning and doing so well this weekend, will you, that help in getting your sponsors? I, I pretty much. We've been talking some energy drink people, and and I hope because that was an energy drink person in Kyle's. <laughs> car there nos and i just hope that that's going to turn out and 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 you know get them a rally and together you know where i can push jeffrey to the higher level is what i'm trying to do it just uh, i'm at my end i mean you know i can't go no more mm-hmm. with the cars and i'm a very competitive person and if if i can't go to the next level and run it like i did the super late models i feel that i because if it if i don't and i go up there and i halfway do it it's going to make him look bad yeah, well, how many cars do you reckon they're going to have in the Bush Series this year? Do you think they're going to have full fields every race? Um, I think it's going to kind of hurt because the Winston Cup drive—they're not going to learn anything by driving the Bush Series car. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because the COT car. So I think it's going to hurt this year. Next year, when they switch it over, it's going to come back. But my personal opinion this year is it's going to hurt. And what I would like to see is them Bush, them Winston Cup drivers are not allowed to come down and drive there because it would give uh, somebody like Jeffrey, an ent- you know, so where they could get in there and drive. It would open up 10 or 12 more cars in that series. But, you know, they get them Winston Cup drivers down there and, the, and they stack the fans, but, you know, that on that day that they race there, too, to come see them. So well, I think you know, the fan base it works, but. It's also these big races, you know, these guys get these cars ready for these big races like the 500, you know, and the, the week of the 500, the big bush race that they'll have. And uh, that's the way that you get noticed, you know. So uh, hopefully maybe if you guys can't work something out with some kind of sponsor, maybe you can pick up a sponsor. You might be able to build a bush car and uh, field a bush car out there in some of the bigger races. And uh, he pops a couple wins on them bigger races. That may open the eyes of some of the corporate. You know, you need corporate money. We've always talked about that. You want to race in the big dog races, you know, you got to take the big dog sponsor with you. How many te- How many real teams are there, John, in, in the cup racing? How many real teams are there? What does that mean, a real Re- team? He knows what I mean. How many, how many real teams are there? There's only three or three, maybe four. Thank you I very much. Three. <laughs> Thank, you talk, you're thank, talking about single tar, car teams, owners you're talking about? I'm talking about a team that you're going to go win with. There's only three or four, like oh. you said. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Those guys. Uh, three teams there that are that are there every week. And, and it's the same thing in our racing. It's the same thing in our racing. There's only, there's only a few teams that are there every week that, you know, that, but, it, I mean, it takes a lot of money in our racing. Yeah. You know? But there's four or five car owners, really. I mean, there's really not that many car owners that. I mean, you got two, half of the field at these races are not really competitive with the top half of the field. You don't think Roush would want to talk to him about his son and how good he can race? Uh, he he's was, been he's, he done, was he's been there, done that, man. He, well, he ought to go back and you got to go back and keep 
Keep bothering them. That's what, what Jeff, do you, Jeff what, needs what do you to start doing that. Jeff, 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 have you considered moving to North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I, I have. Um, you know, I just um, haven't, you know. What's he going to do, move there and just have a house? I'm do it <laughs> up there. You know, if I, if I move up there, you know, uh, what, what will I do from there? You know, because <laughs> down here, all the racing stuff down here, um, and I just haven't really considered what I would do if I did move up there. Gotcha. Well, I th- I think a good thing to do is definitely to uh, obviously during the season when they're racing is maybe the wrong time to do it, but maybe not. You got to put yourself in front of these guys and the reason that we say hands. that is exactly that because we talk to these development people all over the all over that state and we talk to these people that are involved in getting the promotion of moving drivers up and sponsors and 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 they all say that it's kind of like if you want to be a, an actor. Yeah, you're not. Hollywood. Yeah, you got to go to Hollywood, or well, Orlando. Yeah, it's the same kind of deal. And uh, so, you oh, know, I just work at Disney World. I'm I just sorry. wondered how you felt about that. Well, it's just hard for him to 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 go move up to another whole town, which I understand it, and, and go there and fit in. I mean, even when he came from dirt to an asphalt car, it takes a long time when you move in that town to get that respect from them people and to do them things. I mean, in, in the asphalt race there, he come in there winning, and he turned a lot of heads and made a lot of people mad. And now, if you look at the race that we ran in Lakeland this past weekend, um, he's got the respect now that I feel. Yeah, no doubt about I that. I mean, even from all the officials and, and all that stuff, he's, you know, he's... he's uh, well, he made a mad. He went over to New Smyrna and started taking their money. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and let's talk about the reality of the whole thing, okay? The reality of the whole thing is just like we've talked about before, okay, is that um, these guys grow up, and sometimes the super late model is going to be the height of, of their career and, and the, the height of what they've done, and that's that's what mine is. You know, that's what my story is. 41 years old, I always wanted to race cars. I got to race late models. Never had the winning career like this son of yours has had from uh, the start of his. So I'm going to say one thing. Jeff, you know, if you never did get to drive in the big show, you're always going to have the memories of being able to race these cars. And you remember, son, you were one of those kids that stood on the other side of that fence. You watched the racing that went on, and you wanted to do that. And uh, that was what it was for me. I can always sit back and say, you know, I've I've reached a lot of the milestones that I wanted to do. And... uh, I think uh, as you keep winning these races, just keep that in mind, that even if you do, never do go anywhere else except for racing in the state of Florida, um, just have fun doing it. Yeah, we- Oh, I, I do. I, I always have, I have a lot of fun, you know, when we go to the race, especially here, here lately, you know. When we used to go, I used to put so much pressure on myself and, and uh, to do well, and a lot of times when you do that, you don't do well. You always go there, you, you, something happens, you're, you get in the wrong place at the wrong time, get in a crash, you know. Just bad things happening. Well, we want Jeff. We want you to go up there. We want you to hit the big time. We want you to hit the big score right in the cup races, so that you could go to races and like we can then bitch about you because you didn't sign enough autographs. <laughs> I want that problem. That was meant he, for me, Jeff. He'd be one of those types too. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. I, I remember where I came from. You know? I've seen you so busy, you were sweating and dragging yourself all over the place, and you stopped for everybody that walked by. Yep. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy talking to people, you know, because you don't, one, you don't know who you're talking to. You've got and, that and right. Two, I mean, you just, you know, they, they might teach you something, you know, talking to them, you, you know, you might, you might not learn nothing or you might learn something else about, you know, what was going on that race day or, you know, you might, you might be talking to, you know, Rick Hendrick, you know, I, I've never seen Rick Hendrick in person. I've seen him on TV, but I, you know. That's right. You, you might end up talking to somebody that could change your life. That's exactly right. Hey, you, hey. you have to do it. You, know, you have to stop. I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I want to. Yeah, in Kyle Busch's case, see, he, he acted up in front of Wicks over here. Now he's in trouble. <laughs> well, we we were beside him all weekend. And, and and I can say one thing that I didn't, that I that I liked in him. Uh, he did work on his race car, and and and, and he did out. But on Carol's side of it, I seen that, and and and, and that's wrong, you know. And and instead of even if he would have said to Carol, Carol, can you give me a minute? And let me get my race car done, and and I'll come over here and talk to you in, in an hour. Mm-hmm. It, right. And I told Jeffrey that's what he should have said, and that's what you should say. Sometimes is the wrong time Absolutely. when somebody comes yeah. up and asks you that. You know, but but be polite because you're going to need that fan one day. Yeah, you have to remember that your fans aren't race car drivers. So it's like for me to go interview a race car driver, it's easy for me. You go find the guys that are already in the show. That's when you go interview them. You don't interview them when they're working on their car trying to get in the show. You're never going to get one. I think maybe I didn't word that right because Kyle was definitely not rude to me. No, it was the... It was the uh, he was... The, Actually, pretty nice to me. He just never pulled through, which right. I understood because he then did get busy. But for other people, he was very cruel and rude to them, and that's what I was angry at. Yeah, and, 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 and I seen it. Well, boy, we're parked right there, every, you know, and it, it just that he's nothing like Strimmy. Strimmy was parked on the other side, oh, and yeah. that guy is, you know, just all giggles and smiles and everything, you know. Hey, yeah. Uh, let me ask you now. You 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 best be polishing up this uh, third late model because you got to go deal with uh, Ivadin. Oh, oh, he's coming. <laughs> oh, oh, up there. The, yeah, coming there, and he's coming to win. Uh-oh. He's coming to win. He I won. He, here, here's the deal. He won the last dirt late model race that they ever had at Ocala, is what I was told. Something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's coming. Whatever the deal is, he's coming to win. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ivan is a tough race car driver. Very, very tough. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Way to go. That's going to be on the 29th, Jeff? 29th of February. I can't wait. I'm, we're going to be there. It's going to be so much fun. Hey, Jeff, I want to ask you something. When uh, when Bush threw it on the outside of you, because, you know, I race. I know what it's all about, okay? Were you yelling in your helmet, come on, son, you bring it. <laughs> bring it. What do you got? <laughs> were you doing that? You know, just like I, I not you know, I was just. Come on, man. I would have been. I'd have been saying, what, what? Been yelling in my helmet, man. Tell us, Jeff. Early on in the race, you know, you don't know how, what because I was riding, you know. If somebody would have come up to challenge me, you know, just like for the lead, you know, I kind of let Jay Middleton go. He wanted to run faster than I did. And, I mean, you just don't know how fast people are really going until you, you get racing with them. You know, and you're running as hard as you can, and they're trying to run as hard as they can. And, um, you know, when he jumped up on the outside of me, I, I was kind of surprised because I, I just I went underneath the lap car there, and, and he got on the outside of me. So I was like, whoa, you know, I was like, you know, I, I thought I had a good chance of winning it. You know, I wonder how good my chances are now. And that's why I said this was really showing me how good of a car I really got. Um, and, and he jumped out there, and we ended up getting back in line. And, 
and uh, pull him back away from him. That's why. I, yeah, but like I said, it was a lot of fun racing with him. And, and uh, I, maybe that was your dad saying all that stuff I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard his grandfather sitting there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I just, I just. Dope. Yeah, we're going to get Granddad on here, too, pretty soon. Why I just said that because when, when Mike Franklin used to throw his stuff on the outside of me, man, I used to yell and scream inside my helmet. <laughs> hey, guys. Brand, whatever you got. We got to go. We got appreciate we you guys taking the time to, to, to spend with us tonight. It's uh, It was fun race. You, you made it fun. and uh, Thank you, Jack. Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll Congratulations talk. again. Yes, Congratulations again. And, uh, we'll I'm see you around the track. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. See you soon, and thank you again for being on Inside Florida Racing. There you have it, Jeff Choquette, his father John, uh, big winner there in uh, Lakeland, double header. Boy, we're coming. Find them some sponsorships. We're coming back. We're here at Brown Motorsports. Man, if he can't get a sponsor, I'm never getting one. Oh, scary, ain't it? Brown Motorsports. That's what's coming up. Hello, I'm Frank Bartles, and this here's my partner James Brown. As the weather starts getting too hot, we hope you will reach for one of these. New Ben James Brown wine cooler. It tastes good. They come in three funky flavors. Gravity grape, prime of passion fruit, and my personal favorite, papaya. Papaya's got a brand new bag. It'll get you off faster than a big city lawyer. And a single pack serves six to ten. Just like James. <laughs> New Bartles and James Brown wine coolers. The cooler cooler. Made in the cooler. Now behind bars everywhere. And uh, thank you for your support. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Every year, you assemble your closest friends to prepare for another season in the knockdown, dragout world of make-believe football. Fourth and inches. You were born with the one skill every manager needs to play fantasy football. Absolutely no skill playing real football. Not so good at catching. Imaginary catches. Imaginary touchdowns. Next up, an imaginary score with an imaginary woman. Good imagination. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, oh Swami of the sidelines. You may come in dead last, but you're always first with us. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. O'Reilly Auto Parts ASA Fast Lane. Only on Real Racing USA. Meet the racers of America's most exciting short track racing series every Wednesday night from 8 p.m. until 9 p.m. From the Milwaukee Mile to Bristol Motor Speedway, Five Flags in Nashville. The ASA is the racing series where young talent meets wildly veterans in extreme short track competition. O'Reilly is America's auto parts store, and the ASA is America's premier late model series. O'Reilly Auto Parts ASA Fast Lane gets you close to the action and behind the scenes with the real stories from the drivers themselves. The O'Reilly ASA Fast Lane, only on Real Racing USA.
Are you ready to win? If so, it's time to move up to Five Star Race Car Bodies. Five Star Race Car Bodies designs and manufactures the highest quality race car body components. Short tracks, drag strips, road courses, and even in the desert, Five Star has one driving passion, to help you win. Five Star Race Bodies designs and manufactures for NASCAR, Grand Am, NHRA, IHRA, SCCA, Short Track Asphalt, Short Track Dirt, USAC, USAR, Hooters Pro Cup, and the ASA Late Model Series. Find out more today, 5starbodies.com. Hi, this is David Strimmey, driver of the Atrius Holmes number 64 car for Rusty Wallace. And you're listening to Real Racing USA with Bill Green, Jack Smith, and Rick Angies. Who? I don't know any of those guys. Not inside Florida racing. Rob. Who's Bill Green? Who's Who's Rick Angie? Who's Rick? Who's Bill? When are we going to get? We need to make some of our own. Listen, you guys, we're going to make our own. We're going to make our own. That's right. Yeah. Now, now, you guys, inside yeah. Florida racing is going to be at East Bay Raceway Park on yes. the seventh. Yes, we are. February. A live show. Lucas Oil Late Mile Series. This show will be live on Thursday night, the seventh. Right. Yeah. Yes. We're also going to be at Ocala Speedway. Real Racing USA Live is going to be at Ocala Speedway on February Friday 29th. the 29th, 29th. Yep. and we're going to broadcast Ken Kenny, the man with two first names, his race live. Are his we going to okay. call that race live? We're going to do the real thing there? What are we doing? At Ocala? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Actually, Scott, I think Scott. And, McAllister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, we're going to go, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Auburndale Speedway, and we're going to talk to David Brown, who's um, with us on the road somewhere between here and uh, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> well, that's a, that's Where a you at, range. Dave? Hey, where in the world are you? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in uh, beautiful downtown Fitzgerald, Georgia, as we speak. Like Fitzgerald, Georgia. Now, there's a place. Leroy, Le- that's Leroy Davidson's hometown. Or no, that's, that's Connie Davidson's hometown. And she's sitting here in the studio with us tonight. Her and Leroy she's here. in amazement. And uh, that's her hometown. Oh, uh, that's, uh, what a coincidence, Matt. <laughs> well, listen, gang, it's, uh, I appreciate you having me back on again. And it's hard to believe, Jack, that uh, we, we're ready to start our third year with Brown Motorsports and our Summer Spectacular. And, and I'm just very pleased that uh, we've been able to, to, to find a new home, courtesy of uh, Auburndale Speedway. And uh, Rex and Colette Guy and, and Rob Armstrong and his wife have just been so supportive, and and we're real excited. And when we've got so many neat things coming up this year, and it's just not for the racers this year; it's for the fans. I tell you, I have never seen such a family-oriented, so many kids that come to a track as they do here at Auburndale Speedway. Sounds like a lot of fun there. Uh, what do you got coming up? Tell us about it. Well, I tell you, as far as uh, to get get this year's season started, uh, we've got the Speed Spectacular, which is February 1st and 2nd. Then we've got the uh, the National Traveling, the Crash-O-Rama. It's actually going to be there February 9th. Starts at 7.30. And then on the... Uh, uh, Let's see what we got coming up next year. We got the uh, what happened? Pressure race. I, I do want to make sure we don't forget about is the Ryan Davidson Memorial, which is March first. 
Brian Davidson Memorial. The Brian Memorial. Davidson Memorial, yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, we've got Leroy Davidson here inside the uh, studio with us, and he's going to be telling us about that. What is the date of that? Well, the date of that is March 1st. March 1st, and that's a big late model race? Yeah, so, so, so David, tell us about um, what this spectacular deal is. What, what is a, uh, a Brown Motorsports spectacular? Well, Brown Motorsports is, is uh, made up of my wife, Debbie, and my daughter, Lauren, and, and we just love any, any type of racing. And so it's kind of a promotion-slash-sponsorship company. And so what we've done is we've... we've we, we really appreciate and enjoy the grassroots racing, as we call it. And in this case, at Auburndale Speedway, we kind of uh, took under our wing the mini-stock class. And we put together kind of a, a series within their normal race series. It's eight races. And we have been blessed with, with some great sponsors that have grown with us over the years. And we just keep adding every year. We've never lost any. Uh, it's allowed us to do a lot more things. So uh, our first race is going to be March the 8th. And anybody that is interested in finding out information about the, uh, the specification, the rules for this, uh, this particular class, they have, uh, they have a new website called AuburndaleRacing.com. And you can get all the information there that you'll need. And uh, what it what it's kind of neat is typically these guys are only running for like 150 bucks to win, and it doesn't pay too deep. Well, with the cooperation of, of some really special sponsors that uh, that have come on board with me, like Continental Construction and and EH Con- Construction and different companies, we now just a regular race. We double the purse back through 10th. In a special race, there again, depending on who the featured sponsor is, we pay double the purse back through 20th. And then in what we call a championship race, it's paid back through 26 positions, double purse. And so these kind of guys, they don't run for that kind of money anywhere. So we're real excited about that, and, and featured sponsors obviously are, are what uh, what make this thing really work great. And I've still got three that I'm looking for featured sponsors with, hint, hint. Oh, are you trying to do a cheap, shameless plug right there? Is that Go it? Go ahead, plug away, plug away. Hey, uh, oh, you, you know, you know I, I, I'm definitely not shameless because, as I've told you guys a year ago, that, that every penny gets passed on directly to the racers. And and we have we have got the ability, courtesy of, of Auburndale Speedway, that a a company for very little money can get a full season's exposure through the track and Brown Motorsports' official partner. And and what I'm missing right now is a auto parts and a tool company that we can just take out on the road and help build their businesses along with ours. So, You should try Benford Tools. Benford? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they said they'll get back to me. Yeah. 
Well, it sounds like that you guys got some good plans and some good things going there, you know. And uh, uh, you know, it, it's you got to start with the grassroots. You got to start with these backbone guys. You know, that's the classes that run these racetracks. That's what Leroy was talking about earlier. You know, is that traveling series are great, but really they should stick to late models and sprint cars. The rest of the traveling series need to just stay at their local racetracks, and then there'd be you know better racing for everyone to see. So. Um, Auburndale's come a long way. They've done great. Um, you know, I, I know I like to see any any of our local racetracks in the state of Florida that open up and have good car counts, have great fans, and you hear good things about. I like to hear that. These ones that I hear bad things about, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I, I can appreciate that. But I tell you, they have definitely grown this into a premier short track. And... Uh, I've got May 10th down here. What what about May 10th now? What What's going on on May 10th, Jack? Well, I, I, I think we're going to be up there. I think Carnac.com, uh, Real Racing USA, and the whole... See, nobody nobody in this studio here knows this, right? None we're of these, going where? When? They, they're blank on all this. They road know trip. nothing about Yay, it. road trip. <laughs> when's Inside Florida Racing? Go ahead, Dave. Throw it out there. Let them know what's going on. Well, we're excited that... Uh, that, that uh, Carnac.com and, and Inside Real Racing have, have joined the Brown Motorsports family, and you guys have got your night dedicated on May the 10th, Saturday night. You guys are all going to be there. You're going to wave the checkered flags. You're going to wave the green flag. I've got the big checks I always give away. And we're, going we're we're getting a check. Wait a minute, Woo! we're getting a check. No, we're giving the checks away. Dude. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> size check to give away in the winner circle. Okay. Uh, your guys' logo is on the on the winner's backdrop that we we, we created a temper, temporary one, and we're bringing all. Can we announce? We're, we're bringing all kinds of goodies for the kids. Can we call the race oh, too? Is, we're gonna have so much fun. I can't wait. Oh, you, you guys are going to have a blast, and I just talked to, to Rex and Rob. They are going to put on a super late model show that night as well. Oh. It's going to be an awesome night of race. Isn't that fantastic? They must have done that for me. Do I get to race for free? No, that you night? cannot. You're not racing. You're, oh, you're okay. not racing. We're going to be working, working dude. there. We're working, not racing <laughs> that night. Do we get to call the race? Well, I, I, I want to call the late model race. I'll, I, I've got a feeling that could probably happen. All right. But, uh, have and we could do an auction, too, because I am a licensed auctioneer as well. Oh, are you? Well, sure. We'll we could do an auction. We'll uh, have some <laughs> things to give away. I yeah, always said it, to sell them. You, you sell them. And, you and, and there will definitely be some surprises. There's no doubt. that We, we ain't even going to talk about some some of the stuff. But we're going to have... Uh, have a lot of stuff there for the kids and uh, Hell, Leroy might you know there, be there. like we talked about. I'll tell you, there, you go around to the tracks. A lot of tracks get kids coming. I've never been anywhere. I know Charlotte. They used to do the thing with the bus and and the kids. But even at its the most there, I have never seen any place like Auburndale with kids. Man, it's unreal. They let the kids ride the around in the cars. Oh, there's just tons of kids there. That's what I'm saying. More yeah. more kids at that track than any track I go to. Well, oh, we're going to have so much fun. One thing that is really neat that they do there, they have got a kids' club organization that it's for kids, I believe it's 10 to 16, and they have got cars that have been built for two passengers where they let these kids come in and learn to work on them, 
a trained professional driver teaches them how to drive them and race on them, and they can work their way up through the class. It's amazing what they've done there for the kids. Sounds great. Sounds like a kid kind of place. Let Jack ought to be right at home there. It's family oriented. Yeah. Man. It's that's, family oriented. That's great. I'm I'm looking forward to coming um, up there on May 10th, and I'll be putting it down on my calendar. Absolutely. Oh, I hope so. Absolutely. And so, t- uh, you, no, no chance you guys are going to turn that place into dirt, right? I have been told that is not happening. But if you want to know about dirt, they have on Friday night a huge go kart following. And they just enlarged the track. It's like a mini Charlotte now. Really? And I guess these guys got to test drive on it this past week and was just overwhelmed with the condition, the speeds that are now being reached. It's, just, it's really awesome. He's put in a, a bunch of new lights. You guys are just going to be so impressed with what they've done there this year. Did they take the barbed wire fence down from around the go-kart track? The bobbed wire? I've never seen any bobbed wire. <laughs> No, I guess that was a long time that ago. That was a long time yeah, ago, Yeah, I was thinking a long time ago, the, when you, as you drove in there, they had the little go-kart track on the side. I remember it had barbed wire fence around it. I used to say, man, they must have some tough racers down there. <laughs> well, it's huge now. I mean, my guess is that sucker's got to be a quarter mile in distance now. And it, they could probably race three or four wide. So it's a dirt track, the uh, go-kart track, right? Correct. Yes, Okay. Sir. So you can get your dirt fixed at Auburn Daily. You just got to get you a little smaller vehicle. That is absolutely correct. We got something for everybody. That's cool. When's the first? Of, when's the first uh, spectacular deal? The first, the, the first Brown Motorsports Spectacular is March the eighth. March the eighth. The, the featured sponsor is Continental Construction, which is a national commercial builder out of Lake City, Florida. All right, Dave. I tell you what, man. We're gonna um, let you go because we're kind of on the on the thing. We're, we will definitely have you back on this show, Inside Florida Racing, before um, March eighth, and uh, we're gonna talk right now with Leroy. We'll let you go. We're gonna talk to Leroy some more about uh, his um, event that he's putting on at Auburndale Speedway as well. Excellent. Uh, thanks again, as always, guys. Love and appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk again. All right, Bye, David. Thanks, David. Bye. All right, there you have it, David Brown. All right, Leroy, tell us about the deal, man. You're, you're the promoter here now. Let's let's do it. I've never really made any public notice of what the Brian Davidson race was until this year. And uh, the reason why is always just a subject I couldn't talk about. Hey, hang on just a second here. Let me wiggle that thing there. Yeah, there you go. Better? Yeah, there you go. All right, now? Yeah, go ahead. All right, well, uh, when I found out we weren't going to do the Brian Davidson race, traditionally it's the second week in January. Uh, we just, I just had some personal things that happened that I couldn't do it. So Rex and his crew up there, they decided they were going to do it in March, which is fine with me, but it just uh, took away from, I thought it took away from the time of the year when nobody's racing, and it just makes it a little bit more special because it's off by itself. Once you get into racing season, you got other people racing the same night. Uh, that, that's what I had a problem with. But anyway, the Brian Davidson race, when they started promoting this memorial race at Charlotte County Speedway, it kind of ticked me off. It's like uh, the memorial race at Charlotte County Speedway last week was for race car drivers, and Brian wasn't a race car driver. He was a motorcycle racer. 
But uh, instead of promoting uh, an event for somebody that died that was a race car driver, I felt that people needed to know that Brian helped build Charlotte County Speedway along with my brother Kenny Davidson, who also passed away, and also Bob Maton out of St. Petersburg. And uh, without Brian and Bob and Kenny's help, they might not have been a Charlotte County Speedway to start with. And he brought thousands of drivers through his work of building a speedway, whether it's in Florida or the United States, he brought a lot to racing. So I think that the Brian Davidson Memorial does have a reason to be, other than I've been told since he wasn't a driver, I shouldn't have done that. So anyway, getting that out of the way, uh, Brian Davidson Memorial is held at Arbondale Speedway. It's going to be March the 1st. I'll be there. I'll be doing the promotion of the race. Uh, as far as the race director, I'll be doing the driver's meeting. Uh, my family will be there also, like we traditionally do at Charlotte County Speedway, to do the presentation and also the, the winner's circle down there. So I'm going to continue on with that particular part of the race. Arbondale is also going to have regular races that night also. So it should be a real big night with all the stuff they've got planned. And hopefully... Uh, this continues on somewhere. The Brian Davidson continues on because he did contribute a lot to racing. That's cool. All right. Do you think that uh, next year it'll be in, a, in uh, January? Well, it's hard telling about January because uh, there's another thing that's on my mind, too, is a lot of people said that I sold the Speedway to Bobby Deal so he can go kiss ass at the airport and get 20 years extension, and then I was going to take it back, but I don't think there's any truth to that. But, you know, you never know where it's going to be. Yeah, you never uh, know what the future is. Arbondale has really stepped in and done a lot for me, so it would be hard if this is a success there to take it and take it somewhere else again. Um, I think it will be there forever. Well, what, what do you think about what Bobby Deal's done at the racetrack over there? I mean, that's – I, I supported him. I've done everything I could. Uh, there's just some things that's happened, and I just parted companies with him. I think that he's not been – the person that I thought he told me he was what he was going to do, he did not do. Uh, I just have a real big problem with the way he's treating the drivers, the point funds and everything. I get really irritated because I know how much it took me to keep the track going, and I didn't even have a side job. I, I mean, I lived out there at the racetrack in a trailer sometimes before my granddaughter, I, I took her to raise, and then I got married. But the things that I had to go through to make sure that racetrack got going was through the front and the back gate. And to hear what's going on out there now, it just tears me apart because I don't want to see the speedway go away. And maybe he's got a plan for this year. i seen on the Internet tonight that he was wanting to look for a new image for Charlotte County Speedway. So I clicked on, and he's looking for a photographer. I thought it was going to look for a new image, but I was misled on that. But uh, Anyway, uh, Bobby's... You know, maybe he should have stayed with the trucks because he had one of the best series I've seen for a long time. Don Narone had probably something that was better than that, and Florida Pro was pretty good. But Bobby had a – when you had the trucks there, you had 40, 50, 60 cars uh, – not 60, but 40 and 50 trucks. He had a great thing going, and he gave it up for this, and that we lost the truck series. What would you have done had Bobby Deal not come along when he did? What would what? would Where would Charlotte Speedway be today? Uh – I don't know. I was I was well on. I was down so bad uh, after the storm that I lost. I can't say I lost interest in racing. I just lost something, 
and I needed to get away for a while and take a look from the outside in. Like the time I was gone before in, in a couple of years in the 90s, when I came back, I came out with new insight of what I looked like because I looked at these people from the outside and I seen what I was doing wrong and I changed some of it. It, it don't make any difference who it is. If, if you've got a race car driver or somebody in the grandstands, they can always run your racetrack better than you can. Sure. If you've got a race director and he's up there telling him, what's that stupid guy doing out there? If I was driving that car, I would have never run into him. Well, you don't really know. When you're in that car, it don't look, it, it don't, you don't get the same picture as you do up in the tower looking down at it. Sure. So you see things different. But everybody can tell you what to do until they get in that position, and that's probably what happened to Bobby. He had great ideas, but, you know, advertising what you're going to do and not coming across, I think, hurt that, that a lot. You don't. I never told anybody what I was going to do. They came there on race night, and then they found out what I was going to do. And when you make promises and can't come across, I think that's the thing that I had going for me is I just didn't make promises. So where, what, what would have happened had Bobby not come? Do you think that you would have found somebody to come run the track? Because I actually um, knew Bobby Deal from years back, and I was one of those guys that was at the track the day that he got it trying to say, okay, first thing you want to do, the way it looks you know and i helped him out like a bunch of people did you know we all kind of pulled together and helped out would it have been possible for you in the state that you were in then to be able to continue to run the track and have a season that was coming up then well i think if i would have went to the last season i would have done what i was threatening to do i would have turned it to dirt racing in, in <laughs> july and finished my last year out of what i originally wanted to do but uh, and i think that would have happened the airport was so against me. There's some, uh, one particular person, but there's two people at the airport that tried to always destroy me out there. I've got a great relationship with most of the people in the airport, but unfortunately they're not on the board. Right. And so I think that they would have put it up for lease, which they did. It, we won't have enough time to get into that today, but someday I'd like to bring that out. But I think they would have put it up for lease, and I think John Sapricone would have ended up with it. I believe that 100%. Really? And back to on dirt. You're right. We will do that. Yeah, it's, just, like it's to very, talk it, about that. It is. It's very interesting. It's interesting, and it's also it's stuff a lot of people probably need to know. But yeah. dirt, you have a background as a dirt racer yourself, and uh, you've been uh, down to Henry County. What do you see at Henry County? Tell us about that, what you've seen down there. You great place. Place. I went down there. I could not believe how nice that place, the lights, everything is great. There's a lot of dust there. They... Don't know how to control the water. I suggested to Chris maybe he get a hold of Chris uh, Ponsel, the, yeah. the owner. Good yeah, guy. Actually, he just called me on the phone just a minute. Good I think, guy. I think he wants me to come down there and help on this winter thing they got. But yeah. anyway, um, I think you should go up to East Bay and, like you said a little bit ago, everybody ought to go to East Bay and see what they're doing there. Stay there all day. Watch them get ready. Prepare the racetrack. That's what Chris needs to do. But uh, unfortunately, I can't get him convinced. He says he would like to, but to get him to do it is another thing but i think that that track right there has got a lot of potential uh it reminds me not the track reminds me of outdoor but it reminds me of its location of outdoor speedway it's out in the middle of nowhere i mean if you go there you better take gas and you better take some food with you you could you could get a flight in on the mosquitoes right <laughs> yeah you could you really could but i think that he's got a great thing there and i think that if Ken Kenny's been trying to help him over there, right. and a few other people. Sure. 
Uh, we went over and scored a race a few. Uh, I guess it was the fall nationals. We scored over there and helped him out. He had a good crowd, great car count, but he just uh, he walked away in the middle of the race and went home. And I don't know. Sometimes I don't know why. You know what what's in his mind. He's not really the promoter, but uh, what what he. I guess I shouldn't have went there. I guess, huh? I what did he do? What did he do? No, he didn't understand what you yeah. meant. Oh, I, I said because you kind of threw me off there. Uh, right when the race was was almost to the end, he just left with all the money. No, he left the money there for his people to deal with the people, but the cars and the, Jeff Jeff was there and right. Jeff won and, that night, right? No, he did he, not win. Oh, he didn't win. No, that he did night. not win. But anyway. Uh, he he needs to get somebody to run the racetrack. Ken, I don't know what happened to Ken Kenny. I thought he was going to do it. But I think that's what Chris is looking for is somebody to run it. That place has a lot of potential, and I really think with all the other dirt trash coming in, you know, uh, maybe I'll start a dirt traveling series, and uh, maybe that would be the thing to do. But anyway, uh, I think that tra- track is great. Okay. And I also think Sugarlands or uh, hey, Tim. Sand Mountain Speedway is another thing that people ought to take a look at. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm going to head over there on the 9th for the Winter Nationals over there in New Hendry um, and check out the dirt track. It'll be my first time over there. Well, you're going to be surprised at how nice the track looks. Uh, when they turn them lights on at night and you see that nice red clay on there, yeah. and uh, it, it's just beautiful to me. I mean, I like dirt racing, so it looks good to me compared to maybe somebody that likes to see an asphalt track. I don't know. Go ahead, Jack. What do you got going? Uh, we have another prom- promoter's night here, man. It's, it's promoter's night. Good. We have Tim Bryant from Five Flags Speedway, home of the Snowball Derby. Welcome to uh, Inside Florida Racing again, Tim. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. How's things going down there? Well, it's it's going, man. It's uh, We just came back. I spent uh, 700. I drove 700 miles and didn't get more than 120 miles from home going to Lakeland this weekend. <laughs> 700 but, miles. He didn't even go to Pensacola. <laughs> didn't even make it to Pensacola, but I drove 700 miles we back and forth to Lakeland. But it was a great, great show up there. And, uh, uh, you know, the super late models. And, you know, I, I know you wanted to be there, but you had a big deal going on up at your place. Yeah, Jeff Choquette. You ever heard of him? Man, I tell you what, I uh, I couldn't be more tickled for Jeff. Uh, he's uh, a great competitor and frequents uh, five flags uh, three or four times a year. Uh, was actually on uh, on a TV show with us when he was up before the snowball. I got to know him even a little bit better, but uh, a great young man, and I think he's got a very bright future. Congratulations to him for winning, the, starting the season off in, in pretty strong fashion. So, um what are what what are the predictions and, and what's going on at uh, Five Flags for this year? Well, uh, as you guys know, the the crate late models, as as they're more commonly referred to, we call them pro late models because we don't run exclusive crate engines in our pro late model division. Uh, that's what we run in the uh, Snowflake 100 the night before the snowball in December. That class has gotten extremely popular and. Uh, we're kicking off on March the 14th with a 100-lap pro-late model uh, uh, event. And uh, uh, actually with uh, Alan Turner, a local Hyundai dealer uh, who sponsors the Snowflake, uh, has decided to throw a little extra challenge in the mix. And uh, anybody that can come in and win on opening night and then come back uh, seven months later to the Snowflake and win again can pick up an extra $10,000. So, uh, wow, that's the nice. Turner, the Allen Turner Challenge 100 is what we're opening the season with. So, uh, you know, just trying to mix things up a little bit, as you guys are down there as well. 
I heard you were putting dirt on that track. That's not true? <laughs> I tell you what, uh, most of my racers are screaming that we put some pavement on it. Uh, <laughs> we need a surface of some sort. But Well, so throw some dirt on there. That'll really throw a, a fork in their spoke. Well, it's, it's a smooth racetrack. It doesn't have any holes. A little rough on tires, so we're going to try to get another year or so down the road before we repave it. But i got to tell you, uh, dirt track racing is, is, is hot as hot as firecrackers right now. I wouldn't mind having a dirt track. Yeah, it's what it looks like. Is that uh, I tell you what, uh, Mike Peters over at Ocala Speedway. Okay, we we'd get him on the show, and you couldn't get any excitement out of the guy. He was barely able to even talk about his shows, and now that he's going to dirt, man. He cuts promos like a wrestler. Okay, <laughs> he's gone psycho promotion nuts. I'm telling you, the dirt's really gotten to his ears and everything. So. Uh, well, by the way, I think it was Jeff Shokett himself that said that he had a new dirt light model, so I guess he's planning on doing some of that down there as well. Yeah. Here in Wayne Anderson, maybe mixing it up on the dirt some. So uh, Wayne's got Wayne's got two dirt cars, and Jeff's going to be there at Ocala on opening night. Yeah, so I'm, I'm telling you. I, I'm proposing to do something a little bit different at Five Flags. Maybe next year we're gonna we're gonna put dirt on half of it. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, just run the run the dirt cars on it. Just run the dirt cars on it like it is. So, uh, so Tim, during this year now, you'll be doing the the the, the series, uh, the late model uh, series, and then that that ends up with uh, you can you can get some uh, qualifications for the derby kind of deal. How's that all work now? Yeah, for our super late models, we uh, are coming back with the fourth year for our uh, our Blizzard series. Uh, it's a five race uh, mini series we call it at, at Five Flags, and we keep a a point fun, uh, and uh, the top two finishers in the in the point standings at the end of the fifth and final race uh, receive provisional starting spots in the in the December Snowball Derby. And to tell you the truth, bigger than the purse, bigger than the points money that we pay out for that five race series are those two provisional spots. That seems to be what gets everybody you know excited. Well, it all sounds good. Uh, We'd like to talk to you a little bit more about your track being dirt. Leroy, <laughs> Leroy took up all your time, man. Uh, Leroy was exciting. He was a great guest. Jack said that he would be, and he absolutely was, and we'll probably have him on. And uh, appreciate talking to you, Tim. Tim, we'll, get, we'll uh, uh, have you back on here because we are running out of time. We'll have you back on again before uh, things really get fired up up there and uh, go a little more. Uh, I hope everybody down there has a great speed week and uh, looking forward to March where we can kick it off up here. Absolutely, Tim. Thank you, man. Take it easy. All right, folks, another great well, show. But before we well, go. Well, we're not done, man. Wait, before I yeah, go, we're I, not just, done. I just, can I make my one little announcement before you, you rush us off? Yeah, we're, we're not rushing anywhere. No, we're not done. I just we're said it was done? a great show. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead, um, On a previous show, we talked about how Inside Florida Racing is going to start announcing a driver of the month. Mm-hmm. And our uh, January driver of the month will be announced on uh, February 4th. So make sure you tune in here. That's next Monday, well, isn't that's it? That's next Monday, yeah. Yeah, so did the plaques Monday. get sent? Sent out to our yeah. other winners. Yeah. I don't know where the months are going. Driver yeah. of the month. Well, very. Okay. Who's yeah. it going to be? I guess you'll oh, find out next. I guess week. you they guys are you in. you know you yes, you guys are we the, have an idea of who it may be. Uh, you know, and right after we get out of here, of course, Terry Wall has NASCAR Fast Talk. Mm-hmm. You go on to Real Racing USA, click on the thing NASCAR Fast Talk, and I think they're. Um, I think they're talking about hey, Kyle Busch. I was going to say, hey, I like Kurt. Hey, can, uh, can is it possible for Kyle to be our driver? No, 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 no. So, Leroy, we got to wrap this up, but uh, 
really great having you on, man. I, I mean, the, the, you always uh, say things that you say it like it is, and you're always entertaining besides. So it's, it's, well, it's good, man. It, you know, it's been a year since I've been around racing and talking to I talk very little about racing in and once in a while Cluiston or somewhere like that. But, uh, you know, it's like I need to get back involved. Uh, Hang on just a second. Hang on. There you go. Go ahead. Say that again, though. Um, I don't know what I said. I just was. Well, talking. you're talking about yeah. He was talking about how he's going to get back involved. So yeah, sponsor yeah. some new new uh, microphones to us. That would be involved. That would be great. But basically, what what I'm trying to say is, is I really enjoy racing, and I think that racing's needs some help, and I think that people ought to get together and sit down at a round table and try to figure out before it's too late and we lose any more racetracks. Right. Not only the dirt, but lose them. Period. Because without these racetracks. There ain't no place to race. If we have series and they take away our racetracks, you need to take a look at that. You need to talk about it and find out why I'm saying that. There needs to be more said about it. So I guess what you're saying is these racetrack owners need to stop saying to the drivers that are there, hey, if you want to run the racetrack, then buy one. Well, Maybe he, we need to stop hearing that. March 1st, your race is, right? That's correct. March 1st at Auburndale Speedway, Saturday night. And... um. I have a question for We want to have you come back. How, how about this? We have you come back like uh, maybe in a month. You come back and uh, we'll talk about the history, the whole, do a whole show on the history of Charlotte County from first to end and your deal. And you can go through all this. And it, I mean, there's a lot to cover in two hours. How long hours. have you been oh, in this great, town? How long have you been here? But 84. Since I, 84. I have- so when I, I got out of high school. Huh? Would that be cool? <laughs> that would be, be cool, great yeah. because okay. I was told about a track that was there before. That's right. That's, and and I'd like to talk about that and learn Well, we'll more. get a little more. wasn't there. It was down the road towards I don't uh, know, Fort Oil North. well, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we can get a little, have some conversations, organize a little bit so we, we don't, you know, spin out in left field too much and uh, and try to try to hit some of these points that I know you'd like to talk about. Um, but I do have one question for you. I just want you to give me a really, really quick answer to. Okay. And that is, how do you get promoters, racetrack promoters, to listen to folks when they don't want to? Say that one more time. How, how do you get, and you let him answer this now, how do you get promoters at racetracks to, like, listen? Not to do what you say, but just to, to open an ear and listen and really listen to what you're saying when they don't want to. What I done before I left the first time in the 96 is every Monday and all racetrack promoters needs to do this because it's the best thing I ever done. As far as relationships goes, I never had a relationship with any of the drivers, but I hope not. Uh, yeah. But, but I had a couple out there that, you know, they were all right. <laughs> <laughs> Girls are racing. Now. This is a family. Let's, let's, show. Not, let's not get on this. But what I'm saying is, is we had every Monday that drivers could come out to the racetrack and they would, do their input. We'd sit in the grandstands. We'd get like 100 of them out there. They didn't have to be drivers. They could be spectators that thinks, you know, I need to go there and I need to tell this racetrack what I think. That's how I got some of my employees. I had a guy there telling me how bad my announcer was. I said, I'll tell you what, since you know so much about it, next week you go up there with my announcer and you announce. Larry Ungard was the man that done that. Really? He, he ended up being my announcer. And having, a radio, sh- and having a radio show. Yeah, he had a radio show. Another guy wanted, he said, if that flagman can't see right from what, what's right in front of him, you can't see on the flag stand what's right in front of you because it's right below you. You can see the race 
rest of the racetrack. But when they say the flagman couldn't see in front of him, they're right. He can't. So he got up on the flag stand, and he learned that he became our flagman. But, see, what you do is you go there and you listen to the drivers and the spectators, and then you put them in that position. Linda Jerica, for instance, she was up there to one of them meetings. That's how she's at the track now. She come up and said, every time you guys have a race out here, you penalize my husband. I said, okay, well, next week you come up in the tower and you make the calls on him. So she did. When he banged into another car, I said, okay, do what you're going to do. She says, I have to black, I have to black flag him. He was wrong. It looks different up here. But that's how you do it. The promoters gets their, get a day set aside and have the people come out. Get a wireless mic and pass it around to the people and let them tell you, you know, your hot dog stink, your flagman stinks, your announcer stinks, uh, your races, you know, you need to run your races faster. I learned so much off them drivers that, you know, it's just unbelievable, and that's how they can do it. All well, right, Leroy, the, and there the, you have it. That's, that's, that's a good answer. We got music. Right. We got music. That means we'll have Leroy back on in a month. That's a good answer. Yeah. You did it. That's Leroy Davidson. Yeah, he, he put it all in all a right. nutshell. Hey, uh, speaking of a nutshell, uh, I want to say hi to the Dutchman out there listening. Florida fans listening to this show, of course, need to know that Travis Kittleson will be on Real Racing USA Live tomorrow night. Isn't that fantastic? Who else? Yeah, Michelle Theriot, Larry Sams, a race car driver, woman, race car driver. Yeah. Shane Sawyer. Yeah. Leroy Shane, knows her. Shane Sawyer's going to be Who on. Who came in second this weekend. And we have some promoters from around the country who are going to talk about some traveling series and whatnot. Sounds go, great. You go to Real Racing USA Live or real, realracingusa.com. Hey, by the way, you know, if you go to InsideFloridaRacing.com, wow, it gets you there. Imagine that. Imagine. There'll be other ways, too. Hey, folks, don't forget, next week we'll be live on Thursday night. Um, we'll be live on Monday night, too. So it's uh, two nights of Inside Florida Racing next week. Appreciate it, you listening. I'm going to be alive every night. Carol, say good night. Good night, everybody, and thank you for enjoying our show. See ya. Everybody, and for all my Kicks Country fans, I have race tickets. I'm giving away to two different tracks this week, so tune in to Kicks Country 92.9. Hey, and don't forget the House Doctor Show tomorrow at 11. Get out of here. Good night,
just be doing.